But he once again got cut up in work, so uh, yeah, he's out this week. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 372. 372. And this week we're talking The Lion King. That's right. The Lion King. It's back. And shiny and new. We're going to talk all about that and more because it was Comic-Con this weekend, so we got... None of us actually went to Comic-Con, but we're going we're gonna to talk about some stuff that happened there. Um, joining me today to discuss all these things we have from Edge on the Net, he just can't wait to get another Star Wars tattoo, it's Kevin Taft. Yay! Hello. <laughs> also joining us, his teeth and ambitions are bared, but he's occasionally ill-prepared, it's producer Aaron Fink. <laughs> wow, weird. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was unusual. <laughs> How are the two of you doing today? Delightful. Lovely. Good. Glad to have you guys here. We might have lost an A, but we've created somewhat of a mini Just Seen It reunion here. Woohoo! It's been five yes, we years. did. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe that. And that wasn't that weird? Very. When we were all hip stars of PBS. Somebody so recognized good. me so recently Cal. and said, <laughs> said, how do I know you? And I was like, well, I was on a movie review show. He goes, I think that's it. <laughs> I was like, weird. I was scanning <laughs> yeah. PBS SoCal on Friday nights, and like, there you were. <laughs> right. <laughs> at one thirty in the morning on the Saturday. Yeah. Well, no, good to have you guys here. Aaron, it's been a minute, so I'm glad to have you back on the show. And Thank uh, you. Kevin, of course, always good to have you as well. I know we occasionally uh, try to get you on. It just doesn't work out some weekends. So. Yeah, it's true. But, of course, we all came here for what we, I assume, all regard as the best movie of all time. So we'll be sure to get to that <laughs> later on. And, uh, but for now, let's do some show notes real quick. First up, iTunes reviews ratings. It is good to get those. We do a lot of fun stuff here, and we put it all out on iTunes for free. So the best you can do, if you want to help us out, log on to iTunes, search for our show, Out Now With Aaron and Abe, give us a star rating. That'd be great. Write us a little review. That'd also be great. So thank you in advance. What else? New commentary track. We just recorded one for Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof. In honor of the upcoming Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, both because it's generally regarded as one of the weaker Tarantino films and because it's one of the shorter Tarantino films. So that was a lot of fun to do. A lot of discussion there. That's up on iTunes now. You can find and everywhere else you can find our show. So that's cool. That's available. Uh, let's see. Our summer gamble is in full swing. We'll talk about the Lion King box office in a little bit, but it was high, which many of us assumed. So, yeah, that's <laughs> happening. Um, what else? Let's see. Contest. We just had a contest. We'll probably get together another contest soon enough because there's certainly a lot of stuff to give away. And, um, yeah. All right. Let's move on. Let's get to some know everybody. We each week we ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast. We better get to know everybody. I have a question for you guys. I have two wow. questions, actually. First one's Lion King related. Which of the Lion King animals would you want as a pet? Simba. Uh, Baby Simba. Baby Simba. <laughs> sure, that's a good answer. Or, well, well, what iteration of these characters are we talking? Are we talking just original? Whichever one. Oh, wait, yeah, well, right. okay. Uh, oh, the animated Baby Simba. Only, only Julie Taymor <laughs> stage adaptation version. <laughs> oh, God. <Yes>. Okay. <laughs> no, any, any version. I, I think Zazu. Zazu, okay. Yeah, it's not, nothing like a snappy bird just following you around, talking trash. There's another thing I should establish. So are, are these animals talking in this version? I guess that, that matters, too. Let's just assume uh, they are. Yeah, they are in assume, mine. Yeah. 
<laughs> so we're some they are so they are talking. And they do talk. So yes, they're talking. Okay. All right, smart guy. <laughs> I see what you're saying. <laughs> I think you know what I'm saying. And with that with that in mind, I'd probably yeah, I'd probably go Timon, you know? That's a good call. I think that'd yeah. just be fun. You hanging around. He's he's compact like Pumbaa. It's like and then I gotta like a, I gotta get like a war a warthog seat and all that. Tomo could just like hang out, you know. Just seems yep. easier. Let's manage. Fit him inside your pocket. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the neighbor could have Pumbaa and then they can hang out like on weekends or whatever. But like you know, <laughs> so he could just be sassy with you on the weeknights. Yeah, so I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't have like a sad meerkat hanging around because his best friend's gone. You know, one of those. <laughs> No, just a an averagely emotionally stable meerkat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'd probably take the Nathan. I don't know. Would I take the Nathan Lane or the Billy? Billy Eichner would probably be more adjusted. Nathan Lane would probably like, you know, get on your nerves after a while if you're like living with him, right? True. Seems true. Like, seems that seems fair. I think. Yeah. No offense to the great Nathan Lane, of course. <laughs> the great Nathan Lane. Yes, for, for this <laughs> often listener of this show. Um, <laughs> Uh, my other question, uh, normally because it's Comic-Con, um, and I was going there for a good long time, I didn't go this year or last year, probably not next year, um, we do an episode based around the events of, of Comic-Con. Um, because it didn't happen, not a lot to talk about, uh, but I will ask just this one, hot takes on any of these Marvel announcements that came out last night? Any 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 any, any takes you guys have on any of the things? We don't need to go too far in depth on this, but there are certainly a lot of things as far as the Phase 4 movies and the Disney Plus TV series. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I you know. Okay, basically. <laughs> like that's Wow. Like, All right, cool. Let, let's see what's, you know. I, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm a pretty, I try to let things just come out and not really hype them too much especially when it comes to marvel you know so i think all all the stuff they announced is cool and we'll see what happens pretty much i'm trying to be neutral you know yeah i i mean the the natalie portman thing was like cool i feel Mm -hmm. like though doesn't it seem like every a-list celebrity is required to be in some sort of superhero movie in order to establish their cred and then they get to do all their other stuff which I mean, back in the day, that it would be an embarrassment to be in a movie like this, and now they're all doing it. Yeah, yeah I mean, you think of, like, well, you're a Star Wars fan. Think of, like, Peter Cushing or or Alec Guinness in the original Star Wars, where it's like, well, I guess we're mm-hmm. just signing on to this thing. It's not like they thought it was going to turn into something as big as it was. Uh, but yeah, but today, now they're purposely doing it. Like, no, course, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm saying it's, Aquaman, you yeah, know? obviously, this is, like, the big... This is the big popular thing, so it's more of, like, establishing right. worldwide credibility as far or, like, a, a new fan base or what have you. Like, true, plenty true. of more people know who Sebastian Stan is now compared to before the Winter Soldier. So. True, true. Uh, but yeah, it's not, it's not like, it's not really surprising when, like, a major thespian signs on to one of these films at this point. It's like, yeah, all right, that's inevitable. It's like, that's cool that Mahershala Ali is Blade now, which I missed until late. Like, I saw all of them, and then I stopped watching on Twitter, so on and I could just hang out. And then it was like, oh, apparently that happened too, when Mahershala Ali is Blade now. That's a thing. All right. Yeah. yeah. But I, mean, I, like, the thing I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you, Aaron, as far as like, yeah, that's neat. Like, these are things and they'll happen and most of them <laughs> are probably, probably pretty entertaining. I'll just say that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is maybe my favorite title of any of these movies. Like, <laughs> and yeah, it's the first title. horror movie they said. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I don't know where, how far that's going to go, but sure. Scary, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, the, the thing I was most excited about that was Marvel adjacent was uh, the Russo brothers announcing their movie uh, Cherry, I think it's called. Um, which sounds pretty awesome. And, you know, they're making an R-rated movie about a 
I think he's a soldier that comes back from war, you know, like he's got PTSD and he becomes a vigilante and, but like in the wrong way. Um, and so it's, it's going to tackle the opioid crisis and, you know, they, they're like using their power to tell a story that they feel needs to be told. So I appreciate that. Yeah, cool. Plus they're yeah. producers on 21 bridges, which is a lot of bridges. I mean, that's that so is, that's I don't so know how I feel about that movie. That movie might be a fat stinker. I mean, if it was, it was originally called 17 bridges to which I assume that they just went back to New York and counted like guys, there's like four more bridges and they added it to 21. So now I'm like, well, that's better. Like if those 17 bridges, I'd be less excited, but because it's 21, it's like, I don't know. It looks pretty good. In three months to be called Todd bridges. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they, they, they CG it a sidekick. And it's Todd bridges. <laughs> yep. Different folks, man. It'll just be like a really serious scene. It'll cut to like a green screenshot of Todd bridges. Like, Oh yeah. What he said. And then it go back to Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> What are you talking about? Exactly. <laughs> All right. I'm glad we got those hot takes in there. <laughs> totally worth it on this segment. <laughs> That's how you play nobody. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on. Let's get, let's get to some Matt Now Quickies, DM, where we go over some of uh, the other movies we've seen during this week. Oh, so we said a segment called Matt Now Quickies. DM, I said it fast. I'm happy with it. All right. Um, Kevin, let's start with you. What other movies have you seen recently? I saw Crawl. Couple, I guess that was maybe a week and a half ago. Um, What'd you think? And then I, um, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I mean, it's not, you know, it wasn't like wow, but it's super entertaining. You know, worth seeing. It does its job. It, yeah, yeah. It was effective. I enjoyed it. Um, and then I had to watch some Outfest movies, um, and they were both blech. So it's not even one was about a vampire. It was like literally the opposite of the Lost Boys. It was for queer feminist women or girls that were vampires. It wasn't. It wasn't very good. That's all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I know. Sadly, that's it. Uh, more no. Honestly, more guests could be like the end. So I know, and we can just move on. <laughs> that, the that's, end. That, that's helpful to me. That's helpful <laughs> to me. The host. I'm like great. Good. We can move on. Aaron, what have you seen recently? Uh, we just doing movies. Because I've seen a lot more TV. If you got some TV, go for it. Yeah, well, I'll do the movies first. Um, oh, wait, I, I have saw... TV. Okay. Go, okay, well, go, 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 sorry, Kevin. go, Kevin. To be no, continued, not the end after all. <laughs> go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> uh, so I saw Midsommar last week. That was quite quite an experience. I'm sure you talked at length about it. I am I am um, a big fan. Kevin, I, were you? I liked I, it. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Which yeah. I that I'm... makes me happy because Kevin and I are always like sometimes we're like right and right with each other on horror. Other times we're very different on it. So bye bye, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I did. I, I, I did. I wouldn't call it a good movie, but I did. Ha- I had more fun than like the other reviews were saying. Like it's a bad yeah. review, but I certainly didn't have a bad time because that movie's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I think that's fair. I I think here really quick, I'll just sum up my thoughts on sure. it, which is that like you know I think that there are two types of fans when it comes to this type of horror movie there's the ones that are looking for it to really say something mean something be about something and then there are the ones who are there just for like visceral shock value and i feel like if you are the latter then you loved it and if you're the former maybe you were frustrated with it and i think that i'm sort of stuck in the middle but leaning more towards the former of like okay you were gonna tackle something and i don't think you really tackled it you know what i mean i hear what you're saying yeah yeah. Anyway, uh, I watched some Fleabag for the first time. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I watched the first episode of The Terror, which is awesome. I'm going to keep watching. 
I watched a couple episodes of Years and Years, that HBO miniseries, which is so very, very good. frightening. It's very yes. depressing. It's so good. It, it, yeah, I'm, I'm very frightened by it every time the episodes end. <laughs> um, and yeah, I guess that's it. I watched a bunch of this show called Baghdad Central that is not out yet. Um, I, I got it through work. Uh, it's actually pretty good. It's, it's going to be a miniseries, I think released on BBC and it's um, it takes place in Iraq in 2003 and it follows and for a former Iraqi police officer whose daughter goes missing and he gets wrapped up and you know like the whole power shift and gets involved with the Americans and the British who are there trying to restructure the country and it's it's pretty good it's you know like very noiry and like a good thriller cool. political thriller so watch out for that whenever it's out I don't know when <laughs> Kevin, what, what shows did you want to mention? <laughs> well, he just did. Um, years and Years, which I'm <laughs> loving. Um, and I didn't think I would. Like, I feel like it's the new Six Feet Under in a way. I can see that, about, yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's kind of you know, quirky family. Just um, mixed, but with yeah. like, mixed with like today's politics. <laughs> right. And horror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Political <laughs> horror. Yeah. Um, yes. But I think it's, it's so good. I've been watching Euphoria, which I love also. Mm. Um, I haven't watched any of that. I've, I've so heard good. that I've heard mixed things that like Zendaya is the best part of the show and the other parts of the show are kind of meh. Um, I, I can see why people say that. And I, I think it's, it's congealing a little bit as it goes along. Um, but she's certainly in a good way. Nice. Yeah. I like, I'm getting a little bit more invested in the other people now that I don't hate them all because they're showing different layers of the characters at the first. I'm like, these are all horrible people and right. they're all little brats and I don't like them except for Zendaya and, and her friend Jules. But now I'm starting to kind of be interested in the whole thing. I just like the directing and, and the use of music and stuff. I think it's really good. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I'm definitely far more excited about the upcoming HBO shows, which I know we will be talking about in this episode. So Yeah. Sure. Was that it? Okay? Aaron, yeah. Aaron Newark, what have you seen? <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, I've seen a couple things I'll make note of. Well, first is Britney Runs a Marathon. Oh, I want to see it. Yeah, this film came out in Sundance and was a big hit. And it's very good. It stars uh, Jillian Bell as a woman basically just trying to get her life together, which initially starts out as like losing weight, but then she becomes a runner. And it just tracks her over the course of a year as she trains to run a marathon. And it's good. <laughs> it's it's like it's funny, as I'd expected, as far as like the people involved. But it also has quite a bit of drama that's affecting, like just because of... It, it's very grounded. I'll put it that way. Like I, we talked about um, late night a few weeks back, and part of my issue with that movie, which I overall liked, but was just kind of mixed on when I like think back on it. it, it part of it, my problem was that it's kind of sitcommy. It doesn't really feel like it's take place in a reality, and the satire is not really scathing enough or anything to make it feel better in that way. This movie's completely like set in a real world. It feels like, and so it, it just hit all the better for those reasons, as far mm-hmm. as kind of Sundance comedies of comedians go. But yeah, so that that's quite good. That comes out, I think, like end of the month, I believe. Um, and honestly, the oh, I mean, I've, I've watched other stuff, but the thing I wanted to point it out, I've been watching the Larry Sanders show. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, Old Rip, Rip Torn passed away a few weeks ago, and Gary Shandling <laughs> passed away like last, like two years ago now, I think. And I never actually watched the Larry Sanders show. And I know it's like supposed to be very good and everything. It's really good, <laughs> which probably isn't news to people nice. that watch that show. But it's just a it was an old HBO, like, I guess sitcom because it's like a half hour show. But there's no like laugh track or anything like that. And it just takes place in this fictional Tonight Show type thing with Gary Shandling as the host, Larry Sanders, and Rip Torn as the 
like one of the main producers, Jeffrey Tambor plays the kind of the sidekick character among other the Andy Richter. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He's like the Andy Richter, um, <laughs> among other like just notable stars in there. Um, and it's just a re- it's a really solid show. It's well written. It's very funny. It's got its kind of in a world where like this existed in, like early '90s before like Arrested Development and shows like that. As far as like uh, single camp sitcom type thing or multi- is it single or multi single cam right single cam. Um, yeah. it's like it's doing that kind of comedy and it does it very well so like that's all i need like it's on it's streaming on hbo now so like i finally started it and it's just really good and it's nice, nice to see a lot of these you know deceased performers as well as current performers that are just a lot younger like bob odenkirk steps in as like his um his agent and it's like he's so young <laughs> he's, yeah. it's so different now <laughs> with what he is yeah. Uh, but yeah so that's what i've been watching did you uh, mm-hmm. did you talk about Last Black Man in San Francisco on that your is, show? It's my favorite movie of the year currently. Um, it's one of my favorites as well. Yeah, Kevin, I have you not seen it? seen it. No, go check it out. I don't want to overhype it, but I enjoyed it. it was I heard. Different. I mean, Aaron Newirth has has overhyped it. I mean, not overhyped it. He's hyped <laughs> it enough that I actually have interest in seeing it. I just haven't made it. I'm actually behind on quite a bit, so mm-hmm. I need to spend a day at the theater. Fair enough. All right, that's enough quickies. Damn, let's move on. We have a lot of trailers to cover because a lot of stuff, as I mentioned, Comic-Con happened. A lot of things came out, so we're going to kind of go through a number of things, including one that came up before, but just because it makes sense for this week. Um, all right, let's let's dive into this. We have like six or seven or nine trailers to go through. Got the list open. Should we just limit ourselves to like 30 seconds-ish? Well, so these first couple we'll like spend a little bit more time on, but here we go. Let's start, okay. with, let's start with Mulan because we're talking about a new Disney remake, so let's talk about the, mm-hmm. the next Disney remake, which is Mulan. Um, it's directed by Nika Caro. It's a, it's a remake of Mulan. Uh, that said, <laughs> the, the look of this film as... I can tell so far it doesn't seem to be sticking kind of shot for shot in the way some of these other ones have. It seems like it's taking the concept and basing it more in line with both the Disney version and the actual story of the character of Mulan. Um, yeah. Among other people, as far as the, the major stars that are notable go, you have Donnie Yen, Jason Scott Lee, Gong Lee, and Jet Lee. A lot of Lees. Um, <laughs> so the all, Lee family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with all that said, uh, Aaron, I'll start with you. What do you think of this trailer? Trailer seems fine. Got me appropriately hyped. I, I just, you know, I don't know. There, these live remakes, spoiler alert, are now so hit and miss for me uh, that I just don't really know. But I'm being hopeful. Um, you know, I'm gonna go see it. I enjoyed the original a lot. I feel like it's probably gonna do the right thing in, like you said, taking the like the essential elements of the story, but making it a different movie, you know, mm-hmm. um, unlike some other ones that we might mention today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm appropriately hyped, I guess. Kevin. Yeah. I was, I was surprised at how good it looked. I mean, it looks kind of like I was watching a Zhangy Mao movie, um, mm-hmm. or trailer. Um, I'm, there was a part of me that's like, are they not going to do any of the music? And I got a little sad, <laughs> but I, I feel like this might be the, the, the remake that if they do it the right way going forward, maybe they'll start doing them, changing them. And I, I mean, at least you have the little mermaid where they've changed the, the color of the, you know, the, the, the nationality or whatever of the, of the main character, which I think is great um, because you're doing something different and something new. But like Aaron said, it's just, these remakes have just gotten so stale. It's like, why, why even bother hiring a director? Just 
copy over the cartoon. And that's, that's, that's where I lie as well, as far as the kind of, in a general sense for these remakes. With that said, like I was alluding to, yes, the story, if it's not going for a shot-for-shot remake of Mulan, I can accept that more, just because, I mean, there's an interesting story to tell, regardless of if, whether or not it has, like, songs and Mushu involved. Like, it's like, all right, <laughs> we can, there, there's something to be seen here. You mentioning Zhang Yimou, that's a great call right there. That's something I... If Disney's trying to have that kind of a vision for their Mulan adaptation, that sounds great to great. me. Like they, yeah. they certainly have yep. the money to do that kind of thing. So cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Nikki Caro, good director. I'm a huge fan of Whale Rider. Uh, and since then, you have North Country, McFarland USA, Zookeeper's Wife. I was kind of mixed on, but it's like th- that's neat. That's a neat choice. Like I, some we'll see how far that goes. Sometimes you know, just hiring a <laughs> a director more known for like indie and art house films. It's like are they how much are they really influencing beyond the actors but regardless there's a lot of good things working in this one's favor and i think honestly i think the fact that it doesn't look like a shot for shot remake has me more in hope of this being a good thing than whether it was you know just look at this again but now with people type of right so exactly well we'll see uh, milan hit screens march 27th 2020 so i got some time let's move on to our next one top gun colon Maverick, the thirty-year in the making sequel, thirty-five-year in the making sequel. By the yeah, time it 35. comes out, yeah, uh, to Top Gun, the uh, the Tony Scott blockbuster. Um, now we have uh, Cruz, his man Christopher McQuarrie helping on the screenplay, and director Joseph Kaczynski, who he worked with on Oblivion, and he also did Tron Legacy. Uh, they all got together and made another Top Gun movie. Kevin, what do you th- what do you think of this? Are you a Top Gun guy? <laughs> I mean, I loved it when it came out when I was, you know, a teen, uh, or maybe I was in college. Um, I, I, I mean, it got me appropriately nostalgic, but there came a point during the trailer where I felt like I was literally watching a remake because they, they literally hit so many specific things that we all remember from the originals that weren't even that important. Like the volleyball game wasn't important to the story really. But, but what do you think it, of, what do you think of Top Gun? That's right. one of the things that comes True. Out. <laughs> but then, but then they have them singing at the piano. They have the girl literally turning the same way that um, Kelly McGillis turned in Top Gun when she first kind of like walks through and she turns around, she's like, I'm your teacher. So whoever this girl is, I don't know her character is, but they do the same exact thing. Remember that classic dialogue, I'm your teacher? I'm your teacher. Um, It just seems like suddenly I'm like, I don't understand what I'm watching anymore. But I mean, I'm going to go see it. I'm not stupid. (laughs) I mean, I'm, I'm I'm intrigued because the people that are involved are so good that I assume I'm going to be getting something that isn't a remake. Or, or just a reimagining of the original. Sure. But we'll see. Aaron? Big fan of the original. Probably seen it over a dozen times, no doubt. Uh, totally agree with what Kevin said there. <clears throat> the trailer does hit incredibly specific beats from the first movie. And the first time I saw it, I was like, oh my God. But then the second time I was like, wait, but yeah, is it going to just be the same movie? Like, I, I don't think so. It's probably going to be as close to the original as they can make it just because they want to try and reboot the franchise and turn it into a thing because they got all the young pilots and, you know, it's gonna he's going to be passing the torch even though I assume he is going to be, like, the lead of the film. Um, but I don't know, you know? 
again, it's like, we'll see. I, I enjoyed watching it and it's, it's cool to see Tom Cruise pretend like he's flying planes. Um, I don't think he's pretending. Yeah, he doesn't. He never pretends anymore. (laughs) Well, the thing is that he can't fly military, actual military planes. He's not allowed to. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. But I mean, like, I'm sure there's scenes of him flying a real plane, but like, he's not flying F-18s, you know, like he's not allowed to. doesn't matter how wealthy he is. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I love the first, so I will obviously be there on opening weekend. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I will say I'm probably the least. I'm not probably. I am the least of you guys on Top Gun and in, in general, where I think it's fine. I'm not a huge fan of. I prefer Days of Thunder, honestly. <laughs> but um... <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the thing about Top Gun for me is like, it's not so much that it's a terrific film; it's that it's it's you laugh at it a bunch you know like you laugh at the volleyball scene you laugh at all the lines that are like it's ridiculously got a lot of melodrama that puts it over the top and so it's yeah yeah it, it makes it into its but, own kind of thing so looking at this new one i would say because of the lack of reverence i have for the original top gun this might there might be like the biggest discrepancy between how much i want to see this versus how little i care for the original top gun because this looks mm-hmm. good i mean i'm impressed with what we have here sure. i at this point, I put a lot of trust in Tom, in Tom Cruise and McQuarrie putting together something that I want to see on screen. Like, regardless of how how much I need to see a new Top Gun movie, I I can give it to them that they seem to know what they're doing as far as assembling enjoyable blockbuster films. So, along with Kaczynski, who I think, I mean, regardless of your thoughts on Tron or Oblivion, and I like both of them to varying degrees, I do think he's a good visual director. So if you're putting sure. the biggest star in the world and McQuarrie together, who's, you know, a good writer, with this guy who can shoot these jets in an energetic way, in the same way Tony Scott did back in 80, the 80s. Yeah. Like, yeah, that sounds fun to me. I like didn't this cast. Mc, did McQuarrie write Olymp- Oblivion or no? He didn't write Oblivion. I, he probably had some, like, uncredited. Like, he's been with Cruise since Valkyrie. So, like, they've been... Yeah. He's been... If he hasn't been a credited screenwriter, he's certainly been, like you know, ghost writing behind the scenes and whatnot on his stuff. So it's mm-hmm. they're they're best pals at this point. So um it's Top Gun Maverick. I'm not like putting it like, man, this is I, yeah, I can't I'll go see, see this, it. but like it has a lot of people. Like, when when John Hambone showed up, I'm like, cool, all right, John Ham's here. Great. Yeah. John and, that, and then Glenn Powell, he's he's a fun guy. He's doing his volleyball thing apparently. So it's like, yeah, all right. See what happens. It's this next it's this next trailer that's yeah i know I'm, I'm 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 amping up to get to the next <laughs> uh, top gun maverick opens june 26 2020 all right let's talk about this next one it is cats tom hooper's <laughs> cats the adaptation of the the cinematic adaptation of one of the longest of the longest running broadway show of all time um the film stars oh boy James Corden, Judy Dench, Jason Derulo, Idris Elba, Jennifer Hudson, Ian McKellen, Taylor Swift, Rebel Wilson, and uh, Francesca Hayward. Uh, those twins from that Men in Black movie that we all forgot really quickly. I mean, yeah, it's got a lot of people. Uh, Ray Winstone, I think, is in here. I believe I saw him in there. Um, <laughs> and he's Beowulf, so it just makes sense. He, you know, he knows what's up with mocap movies. This is a movie. This was the scariest trailer I saw this week. We're not talking about It Chapter 2, but this was scarier than It to me. I think this movie <laughs> looks wild. Um, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I have not seen Cats. I know some of the songs as far as I've heard them. I yeah. know the plot involves a lot of cats being like, this is I'm this cat, and this is what my deal is, and then other <laughs> things happen. The 
much hyped digital fur technology to bring these things to life certainly brought them to life. I, I'm aware that it's not like completely done yet, um, but it certainly you know came out in a trailer, so that's the look that we're going for. I get it. I get that this is what you're going to do if you're going to make a Cats movie, and I'm certainly going to see it because this looks insane. But, you know, Tom Hooper, not, I'm not the biggest fan. So I'm, it, I'm curious. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm as curious as a cat. I'll put it that way. But, Kevin, oh, how about you? Oh. How about you? Kevin? Well, all right. Well, here's the thing. I think Cats is this horrible play, although it's my <laughs> favorite play when I was in college because it was literally the only play that I think I knew or musical besides Annie and Barnum, I think. So I liked it, but I remember even as a youngster – thinking, I don't understand this play. I don't, what, what happens? I, I just didn't get it. Um, so me and my friend used to kind of giggle, like, what are they going to do? How are they going to do this and make it look interesting? So I will say when I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, that's how they're going to do it. And you know what? It looks visually really interesting. I'm curious. And I was kind of like on board. And then when the backlash started, I kind of was like, have you guys not seen the original at all? Even if you just see a clip, you know what they look like. So what did you expect was going to be shown here? So the fact that everybody is like haunted by it baffles me because I, it's I mean, it's, it, this is what it is. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, first the of all, it's going to internet. I mean, that's what it's going to yes. be. <laughs> haters going to hate. Haters going to hate. Uh, as, as James Franco once said, uh, uh but it's because they have human hands and then they have like human breasts, but no nipples and then no privates. And then, but they're also cat sized. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing, Tom? What are you doing? I mean, but yeah. I mean, and then, you know, I, kept, the, the Kevin, faces... I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying, Kevin, as far as it was going to look like this. So what'd you expect? But at the same time, it's like, well, it is jarring to see this for like, just two and a half minutes, let alone a two-hour movie. I assume only two hours. There's going to be two and a half hours of this. I don't know. It's just <laughs> funny to see cat people that are cat-sized. It's very strange. Well, but yeah, I mean, they don't look cat-sized. It just looks like they're in a bunch of sets that are bigger than them. Right, true. So it doesn't, like, I could kind of separate it out. Um, I mean, there is that one shot, though, where they're jumping on a bed and they look like cats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that, and that was and ridiculous. That, but at the same time, I was like, I got to see this movie. You're right. Like, so, I, yeah, I, think, I think they knew what they were doing. Yeah, I think they knew. And all this backlash is only going to, all this talk is only going to help. It's not like, not like every, everyone's like, oh, that looks like the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I won't go see it. Now they're like, oh my God, what is this? It's not the same as, like, Son it's not the same as like Sonic the Hedgehog where they're like, oh, yeah. we got to retool this. They're like, no, this is probably what they expected to happen. Is I mean, and, and right. to that extent, it's just, you know, film Twitter, essentially. Like, it's not like mm -hmm. the world at large is like, no, thank Well, we'll see, I guess, as far as the box office in December. But I don't, I have a feeling it's going to be more of a hit than not. I mean, it's Cats. It's got all of these stars. It's a big musical coming out in the holidays. That's designed yeah. to win. I think it's going to dazzle people with, like, the look of it. But I think the choreography is going to be what, sure. what people are actually suddenly, they're like, yeah, it's weird. But you know what? That was kind of amazing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think it's going to be one of those cult movies where they're like, it's weird, but I kind of lo loved it. I just hope that I, Tom Hooper can get out of his own way as far as his visual style tends to be is with the big well, lenses lens. and close-ups. Yeah, he's going to – no, he'll do plenty of that. It, you could already tell that he's going to lay I mean, this I'm sure there will be like – it'll be some of it, but at the same time, because it's you know a big 
digital and CG endeavor, I'd like to think it will he, he will have to kind of by design loosen up a bit on his kind of tendencies. Yeah, theoretically. I mean, we'll see. I, have you seen the? Uh, I mean, um, there's so many you know retoolings of it, but did you see the one that um, used the it trailer music or sorry the us trailer music? Oh yeah, yeah. The I've, <laughs> I've got five on it version. Yeah, I've seen yeah, that one. So good. Quite fun. <laughs> that one was great. There's one with the Annihilation score that I really uh-huh. enjoyed. Saw that one too. Yeah, that one was good. <laughs> so weird. Uh, we'll, well see. Mm-hmm. Cats. We shall all see. Of, all of these actors. <laughs> it's just I didn't know what to like expect as far as that was concerned. It's like yeah, Idris Elba, James Corden, and it's like it looks like Idris Elba and James Corden. Like okay, that, that's Judy Dench as old Deuteronomy. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm seeing. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> Yep, cats arrives. Th- I'm gonna learn all these cat names about when this movie comes out. It'll be like, wow, I know, I know Rum Tum Tugger now because of this. Um, yeah, cats opens in theaters December twentieth this year. This Christmas, it crawls into theaters December twentieth. It purrs its oh. way onto screens, flings <laughs> <Blinks> its way. <laughs> all right, let's get to our next one. This is a Jay and Silent Bob reboot. This oh, is geez. the upcoming Kevin Smith film, which is. Basically, a meta joke that's a reboot of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Um, it features basically everybody that's ever been in a Kevin Smith movie, plus a few more people. So Kevin Smith has a lot of pull as far as just getting people to jump into his movies. Um, if you're familiar with his universe of films, his Viewisk universe, um, this shouldn't be too surprising as far as what's going on. Again, it seems to be just like a a giant callback to the previous Jane Silent Bob movie, plus, you know, the other characters from those various films, Clerks, Chasing Amy Mallrats, what have you. Uh, I'm not sure what you got. Aaron, are you a fan of, like, Kevin Smith's, like, I guess earlier, but, like, his later stuff has been like, okay, I'm doing weird things now, but, like, his... Yeah, uh, generally, I guess. I mean, I don't think I've seen all of the early stuff, but I've seen a small handful, and I'm not not a fan, if that uh, is a good answer. (laughs) I've seen Jay and Silent Bob, uh, you know, a couple of times. I I watched it a lot when I was in high school, so um, I don't know. You know, I'll probably wait for it to come out at home, but I'll watch it. Kevin, where are you with... uh kevin smith i actually just i don't get him i don't understand <laughs> why people think he's funny or his smooth i thought clerks was just not funny at all i did like chasing amy though um it's hard not and to do- like that movie yeah and then dogma, and dogma. i kind of liked that for what it was but everything else he's done so when i watched this well, when i when you forced me to watch this trailer <laughs> when i sat you down and said kevin watch this right now i literally was just like staring at the screen going this is terrible it's not funny i don't understand why he's so popular and I literally will not. I will not watch it. I have no desire. I um. I am a Kevin Smith fan. I can't say of his recent film output, just because I. I'm just not a fan. And this, as much as I'd be happy to like be like, hey, Jane and Silent Bob are back in the movie. This, while the writing's probably on par with the earlier films, just because he's redoing the kind of same script with new jokes. I mean, the the look of it looks like more of his more recent films, like Tusk and Yoga Hosers. And I'm like, okay, it's. I've, might be just past this as far as it feels similar to like what I regard of Adam Sandler movies where it's like you're just doing the same thing but you're older so it's weirder and <laughs> it helps that he's yeah. a better writer it's he's a better writer than the people on the Adam Sandler movies you know the ones I'm talking about I don't need to distinguish mm-hmm. them um so it, but um at the same time it's like okay well here it is here's th- this thing um I do. I like him as a personality. I will say that I don't always agree with everything he's saying. That'd just be weird in general if anybody did that. But um, 
I, I do like like Kevin Smith as a person. So it's like, all right, he did this thing. He apparently got to be friends with Ben Affleck again, so that's nice. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, this uh, this opens as a, like a, a two night fathom event, um, where it's like it's in theaters like one night on like a Tuesday oh, and then geez. like on a Thursday, and then it'll probably be like him doing Q and A's and stuff after both screenings or whatever. So there you go. Um, all right, let's keep going. A few more. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We got The Witcher. This is an adaptation of. What I thought was just yeah. a video game. It's a book series too. I was not aware there was a book. I just thought it was like. I know. Game. I found this out the other day too. Right? I didn't. I was very naive in thinking it was just video games. Yeah, but here we go. We have The Witcher, uh, the TV series that stars Henry Cavill, um, among others, and yeah, uh, I. <laughs> uh, it looks like a big epic fantasy type series. It's going to be on Netflix. Count me in. Yeah, are you a, do you play the do you play the Witcher games? Or are you into this? Actually, game? I never did. I never read the books, but I know of them, and I know that you know the Witcher Three is a very heralded game. I know mm-hmm. my brother, my younger brother, played it a lot, so I'm in. I mean, just learning what I learned, having watched the trailer, it's definitely my kind of thing, anyway. So yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Cool, Kevin. I knew nothing about it. I didn't know it was a video game because I don't play video games. I'm too old. But um, I did know it was a book series. I, I, I'm I going to watch it, but I'll, from the trailer, I didn't understand what it was about. I mean, I knew there's witches and Henry Cavill's in it. I mean, it's something I'll check out for sure because I like fantasy and I like that type of stuff. I just didn't quite get what I what it was. I, I'm with I think you it's there. being obscure on purpose. Yeah, I, I would agree too. But I, yeah, I do think it's kind of like just throwing at you Netflix fantasy series without right. being mm-hmm. very deliberate as far as like it's about this guy doing this thing because of this. Like it's less. And of you that see the more. value of it too. Like it looks expensive. Yes, it does. Which again, I just don't know how money works when it comes to Netflix. I don't know how they can fund all of this stuff and like know. all these things. Well, they're going. just constantly borrowing money and they're in debt. I mean, honestly, that's the answer. They just throw, you know, they 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 make something and and then it works and they're like, cool, let's make three more of those. <laughs> Which again, how do you keep? I don't. That's this is not an economics podcast. I just I don't understand. Yeah. Well, they but... they also you know they also buy a lot of stuff after it's made for less than it would cost to make it so. sure but um yeah there henry cavill with all of his white hair i know he's a huge gamer so he was like cool i'm gonna be oh, the witcher cool. yeah he's he's a big yeah. fan of this series and he got to that's awesome live out at least one of his dreams of playing the witcher so, or Very playing cool. a huh. character in the witcher so that's good cool. for him yeah way to bounce back on his feet after making unheralded amounts of millions of dollars being superman for a while so you know it's good good that he's able to pull himself up by his bootstraps and keep it going Um, thank god i'm so happy for him the witcher hits netflix sometime (laughs) late 2019 late 2019 oh 2019 2019 yeah here's the next one watchmen this is the upcoming hbo adaptation uh created by damon lindelof who is it's basing it, it seems like it's like a sequel to the story of Watchmen yes, as opposed to another adaptation of it. Yeah, that's certainly what it's going like what it's going for. Has a stacked yeah. cast of character. We have Regina King, Jeremy Irons, Don Johnson, Gene Smart, Tim Blake Nelson, Louis Gossett Jr., Yaya Ulmatin the second, who I've been quite liking seeing in films recently, um, among others. Um, yeah. The what what do we think? Aaron, where are you with White? It sounds like you're excited. I am, yeah. I mean, I love the source material, the graphic novel. Um, I actually, I think I, there's a graphic comic version of 
the graphic novel that used to be sold on iTunes way back in the day. And I remember I, remember I bought that and I watched that and that was my introduction. And then I read it. Um, and then I saw the movie and the movie, you know, was a little bit disappointing. I still think that there's some value to it. And my favorite version of it is the ultimate edition that has like all the deleted scenes and then also has the animated feature tales from the black freighter woven into the feature film, um, which is the, one of the comic books that one of the like tiny minor characters in the graphic novel is reading. So, you know, it's an imperfect film. It's pretty hard to adapt one of the greatest graphic novels of all time. But, um, you know, I have a lot of faith in Damon Lindelof. I am very, very excited about the show. I don't know what it's going to be about at all, but I would rather it be that way because I know how he likes to tell stories and write. And I'm sure I'll find out eventually because his, scripts just kind of peel away you know season at a time slowly so i'm very very excited kev who are you with this um you know i read the graphic novel i didn't really like the movie that much but it's something i do want to revisit and i probably will revisit the version aaron's talking about um again i didn't quite understand what was happening in the trailer but at the same time visually um it's interesting i like the cast i like to see regina king in, in like a big huge role um it looks cool so i mean i'm i'm in i just don't quite know what i'm in for <laughs> exactly yeah, that's kind of I, I think how they want it to be yeah but i'm intrigued enough that i definitely will be there as soon as it airs i'm a huge watchman fan um as far as the graphic novel goes i've read that it might be one of the graphic novel like like graphic novels like this that I've read the most, uh, mainly because it's not too long and it's just really interesting to me. Doctor Manhattan mm-hmm. is one of my favorite comic book characters of all time, so like getting more of this, even if Alan Moore is really mad about it, um, is um, mm-hmm. is exciting. Like, and I I think Damon Lindelof, in especially in t- TV form, delivers. Like the leftovers mm-hmm, yeah. was fantastic. So like him doing mm-hmm. something else for Watchmen. Uh, or for for HBO, like yeah, sure, get, whatever, and it happens to be based off a graphic novel I'm a big fan of, so why not? Um, I like the look of everything here. Um, the movie, I think, was fine. I think it it's it felt like Zack Snyder certainly was a fan of how it looked and how to put that to film, but uh-huh. he has no real much like many of the properties he adapts. He has no real rev- like understanding of the themes and what how to tell a story. <laughs> yeah, so it's like. You know, yeah, visually it was interesting, but, you know, thematically it kind of misses the... Like, when all the fights look cool in Watchmen, it's like... The point is how brutal and bad it looks (laughs) that they're fighting and breaking bones and shit. But regardless, I have more faith in Lindelof, like, really tackling that, especially in melding it to today's world and politics. Uh, So, and just seeing all the, like, neat... Like, I saw there's a shot of, like... Um, Robert Redford apparently became president in this version of the world. Like, there's stuff like that that's going to be littered all over this series that I'm just really excited about in general. Um, plus, yeah. good cast. It's HBO, so it'll you know it'll look very good. So yeah, there's just a lot for me to be excited about. So yeah, uh, yeah, Watch- it looks expensive too. Mm-hmm. Watchmen hits uh, on HBO October 2019. So TikTok coming soon. <laughs> Up next, we got Westworld season three. This is the third season of Westworld. It's produced and created by Jonathan Nolan. Um, it's just furthering things Ooh. along. Um, it's all I about know, Lisa Joy as a wife. I, <laughs> She's so much better at, than he is. I'm sorry. I, I know that... Um, I forgot. Yeah, it is credit to both of them um, as creators of the show. 
I know, Kevin, you're kind of behind on Westworld, so I won't, I won't go too far into the show in general, mainly because we just have to keep going anyway. Um, but <laughs> this is a third season, I'll just say. From what I've heard, the series plans to be less about mystery and more about kind of delivering on <laughs> what's actually happening in the world. Um, I think that's fair to say. Aaron, are you excited for Westworld? Are you here, Westworld guy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've tuned in. I will continue to tune in. We shall see. You know, two was good. Had a pretty some some pretty killer twists, um, but I'm excited to see the new direction. Yeah, I agree. I I've talked about this before. I'm just so with most TV. I'm so casual at viewing stuff, especially when it comes to like giant mystery box shows, where I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. all right, that was this week's episode. I don't like <laughs> I don't go too far in depth on like reading about all the mysterious theories and what. I'm just like, cool. What's next week? Like that's kind of where I'm at. So it's like, all right, season three looks good aaron paul's involved apparently as like a big major character this season fine yeah cool stuff well it arrives in 2020 sometime no real date established yet i assume probably early so we'll see uh let's see next up we have creep show an upcoming miniseries on shutter uh based off the the anthology film series originally directed by george romero and written by stephen king now we have a new version of that which features a number of episodes um, directed by, among others, Greg Nicotero, Thomas Savini, and Roxanne Benjamin. Um, there's a lot of a lot of people in here. Bruce Davison, David Arquette, Tobin Bell, Saw fame. I think DJ Qualls is involved, Kid Cudi, Giancarlo Esposito, among other things. Kevin, are you a, are you a Creepshow fan? <laughs> um, I saw them when they originally came out of the theater. Boom. <laughs> so many years ago. Um, I do, I mean, I like horror, I like horror anthology so when i watched the trailer i was into it it kind of reminded me of that um scary stories to tell in the dark trailer sure seemed similar but you know it was hitting all these kind of things that i like about classic horrors like i don't even know how to describe it it's not just that it's halloween time but it's that we're walking down the street and there's that one house that nobody wants to go into like i like that type of horror i think Mm -hmm. it's fun so this this looks entertaining to me like i'm down i'll watch it Aaron? Meh. I could take oh. it or leave it. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Yeah. I um I had Shudder for a brief period because I really wanted to see that horror documentary about uh, black uh, black people in horror called Horror Noir, which is excellent. Hmm. And I I I canceled my Shudder just because I have a lot of the movies they have on there. And so it's like I don't need to pay like ten dollars a month to have Shudder. At the same time, I'm a big fan of Creep Show, so uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if it, if the reviews are good or whatnot, or I get to screener and I get to see an episode. If it's really good, I'll be like, all right, maybe, I, maybe I'll check out <laughs> Creep Show or whatever. But that airs uh, that or drops on Shutter night uh, September 26th. All right, keep moving. Three more. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Snowpiercer. This is the upcoming TBS series. Did not realize that until I just saw the trailer. Um, uh-huh. Based off the film Snowpiercer um, with the um, the the uh, Bong Joon-ho film uh, from 2013, based off a graphic novel. Um, this TV version stars David Diggs, Jennifer Connelly, Allison Wright. There's a couple other people, uh, among others. I was a big fan of Snowpiercer, the film. It was one of my favorite films of that year. I really enjoyed it. What it was doing it was very stylized and heightened, and also weird and like action-packed, but also like darkly very funny. So a TV series version of this, I don't know how that works for an extended period of time, but sure, why not? I'm into it. Who are you, Aaron? How about you? <laughs> uh, I'm very much in alignment with you. Um, 
Uh, quite frankly, I don't think that they needed to make this into a show. I think the movie is good enough to sort of stand on its own. But since when has that ever stopped anybody from anything? Uh, I will watch it if it's good. Um, it, you know, I, I agree. I don't really know how they're going to take it past a season, but I guess time will tell. Kevin? Yeah, I mean, I loved the original. That was one of my favorite movies of that year as well. Um, look, Aaron, we agree. Um, <laughs> but, but, I mean, it's kind of similar. It's like, you know, it wasn't necessary. But, I mean, I'll, I'll check it out. I like Jennifer Connelly. Um, so, I'm kind of, I don't quite know which character she's playing. Is she playing Tilda Swinton's character? I think she's playing a Ish. mix. Of, I think she's playing a mix of her and Ed Harris. <laughs> and Ed Harris. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Um, Which, and everyone pretty much describes Jennifer Connelly as the Ed, if Ed Harris and Tilda Swinton had a baby. Like that's what they say. I think exactly. Right? <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I watched the trailer. I was like, yeah, it looks like Snowpiercer, <laughs> just with different people. But I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. It's I think the train's problem. longer too in this version. It seems they yeah it seems like must be when they talked about how many people. people were on there yeah I was yeah. like oh all right well that drops on on T again it's on T like I thought it was like TNT or like US it's T- TBS which just makes that, that makes me laugh for some reason it's very funny but um, yeah yeah good for them they they're oh, trying to get gritty yeah and it's from the developer of uh, Orphan Black too yep. you know that yeah so, which yeah. is well, also appealing to me and I know Kevin likes that show too yeah. Yeah, well, that's spring 2020 was when that hits. Next up is Star Trek Picard. This is the upcoming Star Trek series. As listeners of the show know, I have no real care for Star Trek. It's not that I'm against it. I just don't. I'm, the, I'm not a Star Trek guy. I know, Kevin, you're hmm. similarly the same. So, Aaron, yeah. up to you. What, where are you with Star Trek Picard? Uh, I am super excited for Star Trek Picard. I think that besides the... So my first foray in Star Trek was the original films. I did not watch the original show, um, and I watched pretty much all of the original films, the Next Generation films, and then I've seen all the new ones. Uh, I have watched Star Trek The Next Generation in its entirety, so I guess I'm, you know, I'm not like a super Trekkie. I haven't seen Deep Space Nine or the other ones. Um, I've watched some of Discovery. I like it. Um, Discovery feels like Star Trek for Star Wars fans, kind of. You know, it's a bit more flashy i guess um but mm-hmm. so yeah purely on like the nostalgia factor for picard i'm i'm in 100 percent. i love patrick stewart and i love him as jean-luc picard and um they're they're you know bringing data back which is great and uh so yeah i'm in 100 I, I don't know what it's going to be i'm already paying the 5.99 a month for all access anyway so give me another show that i'm interested in sure <laughs> right, well makes me feel like i'm getting more from my money I will say, watching this, which I was reluctant to, and I'm like, I guess we're going to talk about this on the show. I might as well like watch this thing. And I was like, well, I like Patrick Stewart. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna start watching a bunch of Star Trek. But I'm like, hey, he, he was a wonder. It, it was, I think that the Next Generation was the best iteration of Star Trek in any form, and hmm. and probably mostly because of how how noble and great he was as a captain. You know, he was like. One, he was a captain of a ship that you could really look up to because he always wanted to do what was right. He always took his crew into consideration. He he never was brash. He never went into a situation trying to find the conflict. Um, that's what I seem yeah. to, like, of the little I know, that's what I seem to understand about him, like, in comparison to um, William Shatner, to uh, Kirk. Uh, yeah, and there's his, nothing wrong yeah. with Kirk either, but I don't know. I just, Picard was, 
was very great. And I think, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're not a fan of the of the series, then it's not going to do much for you. But as somebody who did watch it um, and does enjoy it, I am very excited. Fair. Well, that arrives early 2020 as well. Last one we have here: His Dark Materials. This is an upcoming HBO, another upcoming HBO series based off a series of fantasy novels by Philip Pullman. It features, among others, Daphne Keene from Logan, Ruth Wilson, James McAvoy, and Lin-Manuel Miranda. I have not read these books, though I've started The Golden Compass, which was adapted previously into a, a movie back in like 2007, yeah, 2007, because it beat Transformers mm-hmm. for visual effects at the Oscars. Uh, that's how I remember it. Um, that's a movie that I recall <laughs> very little of, but I do recall it having giant polar bear fights. So I was like, cool, why not? And also, it had things that I enjoyed, but again, I remember very little about it. Um, yeah. With this new one, looks like HBO's, like, now that they don't have Game of Thrones, they're like, I guess we're throwing money into this, and it looks, I mean, and this and Watchmen, and it's like, yeah, sure, looks looks cool. I'm, I'm into it. I'm into what's going on. <laughs> uh, Kevin, how about you? Um, same. I'm, I'm a little bit more excited about that one than probably the Watchmen at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, I liked the Golden Compass when I was out. I didn't, but like you, I don't really remember anything about it, but I kind of remember thinking like, oh, I kind of dig this world. Um, so I'm, I'm intrigued and I love Ruth Wilson and anything she's in. So I'm ex- kind of excited to see her and also playing kind of a mean character for once. So I'm in. She's mean in Luther? Um, Luther. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I never watched Luther. Oh yeah. She, oh that's... my God. She is so mean in Luther. Is she? Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's fantastic in Luther. I just see her in various shows and then uh, what the affair. She was the so affair, good. Yeah. God, she was so good. And his like troubled wife and saving Mr. Banks. Right. That's the first <laughs> time I ever saw her and I was like, Who is she? Like she just had an unusual look and I'm like, Where did they find this girl? She just and had now a I... very unusual look. It's something about her mouth, I think. It's her mouth and her eyebrows. But now I just find her so fascinating. She's like my new Laura Dern. <laughs> Aaron, where are you at with his dark materials? Very excited for it. Did not read the books, did not see the golden compass to my recollection. Um looks great i don't know i don't really know what it's about but i'm in again <laughs> like it's my it's my kind of thing it's my kind of genre i like fantasy um so yeah it looks expensive and uh hbo you can pretty much always count on to make good stuff so i'm just True. excited that they're finally putting out a bunch of stuff that i'm interested in because you know it's not like i'm not interested or i won't watch something like divorce but i it just you know like i'll watch it if everyone's saying it's so good it's not like ooh yeah that's that's me you know like even even barry which i thought would be for me just didn't really grab me like it grabs everybody else and like i like dark comedies and i like hollywood things it's because you're wrong but, like, i mean that's the problem <laughs> it's not that i'm wrong it's just not uh it's just not you know i just haven't caught on to it yet i maybe i haven't gotten far enough and i think i've only watched three. Oh, you've only watched three episodes yeah i've oh, not okay. watched any just because this kind of the same thing like it just it just didn't appeal to me. I, will I mean, say, it's yes, a it's, it's a, a it's it an LA build, show, so it like, does I'm build always out down from there. That. I mean, yes, there's yeah. more going on. <laughs> and the I just didn't stick with it long crazy. enough. Sure, like if I if I, I'm sure if I watched a season of it, like it's probably gonna do stuff that surprises me. And I've heard that Bill Hader is an excellent TV director, and that this season there were two episodes that were like Breaking Bad level good, is what I've been told. So I can see would, that as far as how they're handling things, sure, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I hear what you're saying about like HBO like adapting stuff that's like, especially because it's you know you got to keep 
we've adapted so much from the past, you got to adapt kind of newer and newer stuff, right? So eventually you're going to get the things that you're more familiar with or, or mm -hmm. just, or we'll just kind of have a level of appeal or cast certain people or what have you. And this is yeah, like, I mean, here's this YA novel that has Lin-Manuel Miranda in it and there's giant polar bears. Like, all right, yeah, why not? Why would I not be interested in something like that? Yeah, I'm just the world sounds really interesting. You know, mm -hmm. like the the polar bears. I actually didn't realize that his Dark Materials was Golden Compass until I finally saw a trailer for it. And then I was like, wait, those are the Golden Compass polar bears. Because <laughs> for some reason, even though I haven't seen that film, I know that it had polar bears with gold like helmets on yeah well <laughs> his dark materials hits hbo fall 2019 so we've done it guys we've gone through all the the big comic-con trailer reveals and now now we can move on to the movie review for the movie <laughs> of our lifetime the lion king <laughs> <laughs> yes Everything you see exists together in a delicate balance. While others search for what they can take, a true king searches for what he can give. Okay, that should have been some of the trailer for The Lion King. This movie has made, just this weekend in America, $185 million. <laughs> It's oh already god. made over. It already made over five hundred million worldwide because it opened a little Oh earlier. my god! So a lot of people saw it. It's a Disney remake of one of their most popular films. The story is familiar enough. We follow Simba's journey to be king while holding on to the advice of his father Mufasa, who is betrayed by his evil brother Scar. Relying on state-of-the-art photoreal CG visuals, we have an animated film for a new generation featuring the voices of Donald Glover, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Seth Rogen, Billy Eichner, John Connie, John Oliver, Alfred Woodard, Keegan-Michael Key, Eric Andre, Florence Kasumba, Beyonce Knowles, Carter, and James Earl Jones. It's directed by John Favreau, who's following up massive success with The Jungle Book. Do you, could, we, could we maybe tackle this Just Seen It style? Go writing, acting, directing? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Super right. fun, you know? All Let's right. harken yeah. back to the glory days. Okay. So we want to talk about the writing first? Yeah. Well, right. this is difficult because my problem with the movie is that it's the same script. It's literally the same directing. So what the hell did they bother hiring John Favreau <laughs> to do? Or Jeff Nathanson, the screenwriter. Right. Yeah. And, and the fact that they're getting credit and there's no other credit to the other people really irritates me. Because well, it speaks to a bigger issue involving the WGA and their regard for animated films, I believe. I think that's true. a part of the problem. Like, there, yeah. there's a credit on the in the closing credits that says, like, based off this thing and because of, you know, these people or what have you. But, yeah, the writing, I mean, Jeff, they, I mean, to the film's credit, like, there are, for one thing, someone does have to write a screenplay for this thing, even if it's a lot sure. of it's copy-paste. Copy and there's also, there's more to just that than the dialogue or what have you. But there are news, like, there's more Nala, there's... It's, there's different stuff with Timon and Pumbaa and like their section of the world, but I know what you're saying, Kevin. I mean, yes, it's Minimal the writing changes. of this film, which isn't necessarily a problem of mine, but it's certainly you know it's not like the it's not like the it's not like the screenplay evolved in any significant way. No, and that's maybe maybe we can talk about that. First of all, like Lion King, I know it's people love that movie. As far as Disney, you know that 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 Disney kind of uh, Renaissance period. I feel like it's the, the lamest of the stories. It's super simplistic. It it's, is. Everything's really obvious. I find it really boring. And when well, I was watching this, the same thing. I literally was like, if I didn't have to review this, I would walk out. 
because I don't have to see this again. Yeah, that's that's it's something to be said about the original. I mean, I love the original, and I do think I it's do one of their. I think it's one of their best movies, but it is very simplistic, and it is kind of slow. I mean, like it's mm-hmm. not very long, the original one, but this one, I felt, I felt it was slower, and it was like, oh yeah, it, it sort of made me realize. I think, like you said, Kevin, that like, oh, the first, the original was also kind of slow and sparse, and there really isn't much to it, but it works so much better than this one does. And I mean, yeah, like they did change stuff, but they changed so little. And when you go back and you look at the adaptations that we've had, the you know the remakes that we've had so far, I think this one, as I pro- I think I said in the beginning of the show, this one has the least difference of yep. any of the ones that have come before it. And yep. it was the most noticeable. And then when we get to the acting, I'll have my words about that. <laughs> I, I will. I mean, about the, I can agree as far as the simplicity of the story, but I think that's part of the trick. I mean, I, I am a huge yeah. Lion King. I generally put as one of my top three animated Disney movies. Um, and it's regardless of like the stories being told, like I can, I can parse out which ones I like as far as the story they're trying to tell, but just the mm-hmm. effect of the Lion King is so effective, so effective to me as far as everything going with it, the visuals, the, the, the vocal cast, the score, it all worked into like one big mega Disney movie. Yeah. Where... You know, what's interesting. It, it felt great. I mean, I like, I, I did, I did kind of really enjoy a lot of it and I did still cry twice um, in the same places that I cry in the original film, but that's the thing. I think all of my enjoyment hinged on the fact that it was so, so very similar to the original and well, all of my memories are, are, and all my feelings are from the original. And it's, it, it feels manipulative in that way. Kind of. That's the, that's the thing. We'll get to that when we talk about, I guess, directing or what have you, but yeah. like the emotional charge I get from the original movie, which Anna and I, we watched it. The, I, I very purposely didn't watch the animated film before I saw this one. Cause I wanted to see this one first before I got a fresh viewing of the, of the, um, the yeah. original film and watching it that weekend with her the um i everything i didn't feel in this movie i felt in that movie which i've seen many times already so it's like yeah. I, if how that applies to writing i mean it, it shows how kind of inessential it seems to be to a film like this as far as giving me that same thing again there's nothing because there's no some of these Disney remakes, they've done something with it. I think, like, I, I think part of the reason why Jungle Books is so successful is because the original, it's pretty episodic. Like, it's not, it's telling a story, but it's like it, it's not something you need to like. If you're remaking that film, you don't need to stick entirely to that script to be like it can't be good without this. Instead, it tells a story that's a lot like The Lion King, honestly, and and makes it work. Um, this movie just like yeah, we'll just tell that story again. But that's going to lead us into what else is going on here as far as how that affects things. I will say about the, just to go tra- backtrack a bit about the story for this film. Yeah, you're completely right as far as it being simple. It's two acts. Like there's no middle act of this movie. Right. The middle act is when Simba turns adult. That's it. And then it's over. It's already in the third act at that point. So it's like, yeah, it's not, there's not but if, if there was somewhere to expand on things, I thought that would be it. And it really doesn't. It's just he still walks on the log and gets older. <laughs> and that's 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 the transition. So I think the problem that I have, or I think the problem that is the main problem of this whole movie and why you guys and myself didn't feel anything is because animals don't have any expressions and they needed to do what Mowgli did, which nobody watched Mowgli. I don't know why, but they Ron and I watched Mowgli and we did not like it. <laughs> I love Mowgli. And what I think worked about Mowgli is they didn't make them look 
totally like real animals. Their eyes were a little different. So you were in a heightened reality. Now they're like, here's a nature documentary, but they're going to move their mouths, not quite right with the words. And they're not going to have any expression. So when little Simba's crying about his father, you didn't see any tears. You didn't really see anything. Yeah. So I didn't care. I didn't care about anybody because they don't look like it looked like voiceover over a nature film. That's it. So well, that's, ta- and... that's, ta- that's taking us to directing, and I guess we can apply that to like the, the, the visual effects directing as well, as far as what John Favreau is doing, sure. what this, what the state of the art effects are doing for this film. And I agree with you. Like I, I did not feel anything for the big moments that I know I feel things with, which mm-hmm. I did feel for yeah. when I watched the original again. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to. Yeah. It's hard to not keep comparing them because the movie's a copy paste of the original, just with the added effect value. So it's. Yeah, seeing, I, seeing, seeing as far as how that applies to directing, it's like, I think there is a way to have photorealistic lions and all these animals and make that work for you. But I don't think John Favreau is the guy to do it because I like John Favreau, but like, it's not like I've said this a lot. It's not like he was like, he woke up one day and it's like, someday I'm going to make the Lion King. Like, it's right. not like he had this all plotted out. It's more like, he's well, a director I made this for hire. Work. Yeah, I made. Yeah. I made. He got he's hired, a and he's a journeyman guy, and he's like, I made this too work much the reverence book. for the mm-hmm. original material. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the problem, you know. Like he, he, when he has a chance to do what he's good at, it works. You know, all the there were the the more actiony elements of the film were extended and felt they like they were probably the one thing that was better. You know, if if I'm really trying to look for I, something like I would the say final the best... fight was good. I would say the best stretches of this movie for me are the silent stretches, the ones where people aren't talking. There's an mm-hmm. extended thing, which is kind of hilarious when I say it, but there's a thing where like Simba's hair travels along through the, the, the through Africa. Essentially. Yeah, that was cool. And, like, and I, and I thought that's a was really, it, like, I was it cool it. though. I felt I, like, I, like I, they are padding I, 10 minutes onto this goddamn. Yeah, movie. it was, they could have cut I, it. They could have cut it a little bit. Perhaps, but I didn't mind it. Like I, I, I enjoyed that a lot more than hearing various actors that we'll get to giving a half-assed performance, and somehow that yeah. was a thing that passed. Like I liked right. seeing just stretches of these <laughs> animals that look the way they do, and knowing that it's all not real. Thinking this is this is neat, and uh, get Hans Zimmer music behind it. That sounds like I, I enjoyed that stuff. I and think I, and, I, and, I was and, really and, disappointed and, by the music. I yeah, because music, it's a co- it's literally the same soundtrack. They probably just. Put the needle, let the needle drop, and go. I, I wasn't disappointed with the score, because uh, I just it's a good score. I I was less like, and I was less enthralled by like the sound, the songs, both yeah. because yes, I know the songs right, but also because again, I don't think anyone's really bringing anything to it. Like, nope. none of the actors. Did he change them in the wrong way? Much. And yeah, I mean, oh god. Well, that's the thing, right? So you were talking earlier about how the emotional moments don't really have as much resonance. And I feel like not only do those moments not hit as hard, but then some of the lines that they chose to keep word for word just don't hit at all. And it's purely because of the, the acting. Um, and, it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's God bless thing. Queen Queen Bee, but like she was can't act. Yeah, I, like not, not as, this wasn't the role for her. Whatever it, direction she was getting was not, what she needed to get. It's a tricky thing because I think, and I know Kevin, you liked Aladdin, and I like Aladdin, but I think you liked it more than I did. I liked um, Aladdin too. I I think part of part of my issue was how some of like the Robin Williams improvs they come through in the script and you're just like, 
well, now that that's just Will Smith saying a thing that Robin Williams made up on the spot. And right. that feels like this entire movie, like as yeah. far as mm-hmm. anything yes. that all like, and I, and I, I think the highlights are Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen is Timon and yep. Pumbaa. Like that's fun, but still most of that dialogue along with everything else is just, we're hearing it again, kind of new, but on a, if we're talking about acting now, yeah, everybody feels like they just, it feels like everybody did it on a weekend. And yep. I'm like, so what's John Favreau actually doing at this point? Because yep. he's he got yeah. this cast, and if he's directing the actors, I don't see much of that occurring here because all the actors kind of sound pretty flat. And if he's, I don't know what he's doing in the visual effects room, but he's probably not on a computer hacking away. Like, so what did what did he really do at the end of the day in this movie? And I'm sure he did plenty, but it just doesn't show as far as reflecting a film that means something in any way beyond the fact that we have this impressive technology and we're using it for this movie. And that's that's my biggest gripe is that. People keep on saying, even just people who aren't critics or whatever, like, this is a masterpiece. I'm like, no, you're wowed by the visual effects. Take away the visual effects, and what do you have? You literally have another movie that you really liked originally. So don't don't think this is a masterpiece just because it looks cool. After five minutes of going, okay, I got it, you can do it, I was bored out of my mind. So the does the audience like this? The audience, it well, a, it has an A cinema score. It seems they seem, yeah, but I feel like it's, I mean, it's making a ton of money, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone loves it. That just means that it it's Disney and it's Lion King. You know? Well, I mean, yeah, it's saturated marketing, so everyone's going to see this movie out of both curiosity and the fact that they know the Lion King. That's not a bad thing necessarily. I wish this movie was better, but I understand why it's going to make its gobbles of money. Yeah. At the same, t- I I also just can't say, I I mean, I can't. I can't look at an audience and be like, sure, you like this and you refuse to see original films and then you complain about the lack of original films. It's this weird cycle where it's like, yeah, you yeah. you joined in the in the group of making this movie one of the presumably one of the biggest movies of all time by the end of the day, and then you're wondering why Disney keeps buying all this all these properties and putting out new versions of the thing you've seen before. It's because you're seeing this movie. Right. Like, right. My brother actually complained about this like I wish Hollywood would stop. I'm like, "Greg, you are the one who keeps on going to see these movies." He, yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's never going to stop because that's how they make their money. I mean, yep. you know, obviously, it's a business. Every, I feel like everyone knows that if we stopped going to see movies, that they would stop making those movies. You just have to look at, you just have to look hard enough at John Carter <laughs> and like stuff like that. You know, that just makes no money, and then oh, they're like, yeah. okay, we're not going to make stuff like this anymore. They're like I, but I also I don't blame people for saying the line. Like I wanted to see this movie. I wanted to know what. Sure, this I did like. too. I was, yeah, I'm disappointed that it's not better. And a lot of it comes down to not that it's just telling the same story again, but that it's telling the same story again so explicitly. Like, yeah. I like watching, or at least not doing anything interesting with it, where if you would, if they brought in more of, like, the Julie Taymor stage play, if they brought more of that element into it somehow, I don't know how exactly, but that's not up to me to decide. If they just did anything that showed me something new, I'd be into that. Like, I can get remaking Circle of Life shot for shot. Cool. Why not? But then move but, on. But, but yeah, but then, then move on, on and, yeah. and instead yeah. you get not only like the same story, but all the same camera angles and the same yep. lines as we talked about. So it's like and uninspiring like performances, It seemed like an opportunity for James for John Favreau to be like, let's do like let's move let's move the camera this way or that way or whatnot, and that in turn would probably hit me on an emotional level because I haven't seen it so before and i wouldn't be able to bring the baggage i have from lion king to it i'd have to bring like new baggage or bring new thoughts on how we handled mufasa's death or how spoilers or how or any other number of things that are going on here well it's you know what's what's what was even weirder to me is that despite the quote-unquote beauty of them doing photorealistic backgrounds and animals 
I felt like a lot of it was ugly. Like the cartoon version, even the the stampede, um, was there was a beauty to it before it happened, and there was you know the way that the the sky looked, and this it looked bland, it looked flat. It looked just everything was brown. I just especially nothing... the mu- especially the songs because yeah. you you with the like just can't wait to be king. It's like a Busby Berkeley, but like it's like there's all these colors. There's yep. ostriches stacking on top of hippos and yeah. stuff. It's like this is alive, and this movie it's just like they're walking by a lake and you know it's green and stuff. Like there's nothing really there. Yeah, and you know right. I have I've said this before. You might have read my complaining about it, but when. Can you feel the love tonight is on? And you know, it's it's their inner thoughts. And Simba's there licking the water out of the lake and he's staring at Nala. When it's real animals and they're talking to each other telepathically, I literally burst out laughing. Because it just <laughs> looked so dumb. But as when with the cartoon version, it worked. It just doesn't work when you're looking at real damn animals and it's it's also weird that that song is set during the day but i mean i guess you can't, you can't get everything right, right? <laughs> <I guess. laughs> wait was it yes yeah but it was partially set during the day in the original too it was still it? becomes night <laughs> yeah it does it does become night in the original you're right I'll and it didn't become one. night in the i didn't i no yeah, it's, it's yeah. the day that's <laughs> it's like it's hilarious um there is a moment that i really enjoyed as far as what my expectation for was how they visualized it, and it's when Simba talks to Mufasa from beyond the grave. Like, mm. that was they, nice, yeah. They have a big, like, giant cloud storm formation, and, like, the... And they don't do, like, an explicit, here's Mufasa's face. They do more of, like, the lightning highlights the clouds, and it brings out kind of a lion. That's, yeah. like, the one time where, like, there's something creative. There's something that I, I couldn't tell you how I was going to do that, and here it is. And, like, great. Like, that, sure. I wish this movie had more of that kind of ambition. And that's really the I, problem. There's no ambition in this. It's more of like, yeah. it's a cakewalk. You, yep. you say, we're say... making The Lion King. We're yep. making The Lion King and it's going to have CG visuals. That's it. That's the only, like, there's nothing <laughs> nothing else to be said there. Good job on visual effects artists. I'm glad they have this technology. They put it to something that's easily going to sell so they can make the next movie that's hopefully something original that they can use the same technology on and it's hopefully better. But this thing, fine. Here it is. It's whatever. It's just... <laughs> I will say that uh, the, that my favorite part of the movie, the cutest part of the movie, uh, was uh, Pumbaa's flashback to when he was a young warthog, aka sure. a very very cute pig. <laughs> um, I loved that; it was great, and my my fiance loved it as well. Especially because a real warthog is so ugly, so it's like, well, yeah, he was like a very a adorable version. piglet. <laughs> yes, yeah. um, farting a bird to death was pretty funny. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not a terrible, terrible film. It's just extremely disappointing, I think. It's a pointless film. Yeah, I will say, like, the announcement this year, and this is before Maleficent was an end. I don't care either way because I didn't like the first Maleficent. But when you have Disney, you have Dumbo, Aladdin in this movie, I was most excited for Aladdin because I'm like, what is what is that going to look like? Right, like, right. What is a what is a Guy Ritchie Aladdin movie going to look like? And it turns out, it looks yeah, like and a Guy he kind of delivered movie. on it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like for the most, for a Disney movie, it's like, yeah, he's going to tone down his style, and it's going to be this, and mm-hmm. for, it works more or less. Yeah. Dumbo, I didn't like, but at least I was like, well, that makes sense. Tim Burton, a movie about outcast circus folk, sure. <laughs> but The Lion King, I was like. What do you what do you do like there's nothing nothing's new gonna happen here. It's John Favreau. It's not like it's not like right. he's a director who's like has something to say about Africa. So it's like whatever. All right. And that's that's why I'm not disappointed. That's what I got out of this. I'm like, this is exactly what I expected to have. It looks great, but any even when I say it looks great, 
I think it takes a notable decline when it gets to the Timon and Pumbaa stuff. Like, I think the it's it feels more heightened, which I actually appreciated, but it, it feels less about, like, look how real this grub worm looks, and it's more like, you know, it's just a bunch of ugly animals now at this point. Like, I'm not really, right. It's true. I'm not really as into this as I was as, like, realistic lions on the plains of Africa, you know, and gazelles and hyenas and whatnot. Here's the thing. Be Prepared is one of my favorite Disney songs. <laughs> this movie I know, destroys that out, song. Well, but Chiwetel just, like, didn't really care. No. It, it seems like they cast him, and he's like, you're going to sing the song, right? And he's like, I don't sing songs. What are you talking about? <laughs> and they're like, as he's, as he's inking his contract and, like, can't reverse it, they're like, oh, I guess we got to we gotta figure this out. And so yeah. this two-hour movie, 30 minutes longer than the original, has less Be Prepared, which is impressive. So. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Were there any voice acting performances that did stick out? Stick out? Stick yeah, out? I think uh, Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen honestly were pretty good. Um, I liked. Uh, I can't remember what her name was. Um, hang on, I'll look it uh, up. Woodard? No, no, the uh, the female hyena shenzi florence oh, kasumba yeah. florence kasumba I, yeah yeah i liked her i thought she was good and you know keegan michael key was fine i guess i they just I, kinda... I the hyena stuff was fine yeah i, I can agree like it, it like the comedic stuff i think works because it has to because it's comedy so it's like you can't really if that's not working then you have a real problem <laughs> like as far as the yeah movies. oh no john oliver was great i love john Oliver. i thought john oliver was perfect as zazu i um, liked and... he made funny jokes it's just weird to see a hornbill where the mouth just goes up and down yep. doing an English accent. Like it, doesn't, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't compute in my mind how that makes sense. <laughs> like, I like I like John Oliver. I like that performance. Love John Oliver. Yeah, I mean, but it, it doesn't like, make this sense. This is a bird. You know it does, it. Like, it's weird that this is happening. <laughs> I'm really sad what they did with Rafiki. I mean, they took away like a bunch of good Rafiki lines. Not yeah, they made him less... They made him less, like, eccentric, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, they yeah. made him less everything is really what they did. Yeah. Which was a mistake in my mind. And then James Earl Jones just, like... He phoned it in, man. Phoned it in, yeah. yeah. I don't know. That was weird. Weird. They could have just honestly used his original performance. <laughs> yeah, they could. It's all the same lines. You're yep. just like, yeah. sure they, they, like I, if I could edit this podcast, I'm sure they could edit the original James Earl Jones lines yeah. and make it work. They literally could have saved so much money not hiring him and not hiring Beyonce. But it was well worth it because of all the publicity he didn't do for this movie. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But now Beyonce brings own, a lot, though. She's Beyonce got her own, a uh, like music-inspired by album. I was like, oh yeah. As far as I mean, they know what they were doing by hiring Beyonce. As far as yeah, m- but it would feel weird <laughs> when that random song played in the middle of it as they're traveling back to the his homeland there i was like what is this song? I, kept, I kept wondering i know that she's saying a new song when are they gonna shove it into this movie and i'm right. like well uh-huh. i guess that's the one and then you're I, like oh I, here it is <laughs> well because like my one i mean i didn't like the new aladdin song i was like okay, oh i love is, it i did not oh like it was good i liked it it doesn't I really like belong I didn't like, in that movie it, but and like regardless of this quality of the song i thought it just ground the movie to a complete halt so i was like when are they gonna do that in lion king is nala gonna like sit on a rock somewhere and start singing whatever the new song is so like okay it's part of a montage of them going back home fine it's not the worst thing in the world i guess but yeah you guys were saying earlier beyonce just not like an actress and that shows with the even with the increased nala stuff it's like 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and when you, when you say increased Tanala stuff, 10 lines maybe? Yeah, it's like one scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't even remember that it was new because it, it was just so inconsequential. Well, because they show a scene of like her like sneaking away from Scar. So it's like, That's all right. That's right. But then again, I think Aaron and I just know the original more better than you do. Probably. <laughs> so, probably. So. I haven't yeah, seen it since yeah. the 3D release. Oh, there you go. Oh, my gosh. Um, all right. Anything else to say about the, the no. Lion King? <laughs> Soft pass. <laughs> well, okay. Speaking of which, when should people go and see this movie? What would you say, Aaron? I would say probably just wait. I mean, like if you if you want to if you want to go and you want to spend the money, I'm not going to stop you. But you don't need to. Um, you could watch it at home and you'd see that it's not that different. Uh, it, you could you could just not watch it at all, quite frankly. But that's, that's exactly my. I mean, again, you want to say like, hey, the visuals are cool, but honestly, you, there's just no point in seeing it. So people have asked me like, hey, did you see Lion King? What'd you think? I'm like, they're like, should I go? I'm like, no, just watch the original. It's the same movie. It's better. You're gonna get more yeah. out of watching the original than you are gonna be watching this. I would so. agree, and that's why I'm very curious what like the young audience is thinking about this movie, especially because they're not paying for it. Their parents are paying for it, right? True. So, like, what's the generation going to be that grows up knowing this movie? Are they are they like, yeah, I watched this all the time when I was young because I had it, or is it, be- or like, no, I watched the original and I saw that. And I was like, yeah, that was a thing. Like, I'm very curious what the kind of overall, when all said and done, reaction is going to be for yeah. this film. But for the time being. I would say, yeah, rent it because it'll be a fantastic demo Blu-ray disc for your your 4K TV. Like that's for sure. Like it'll look great that way. <laughs> screens. Put it on mute. You'll be like, yeah, I just watched Planet Earth and just like fool your friends. Like there you go. Like, that's, that's <laughs> All right. Sounds would be like, this is very intense. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's David Attenborough? No, we got to leave it on mute. The sounds, you know, whatever. But the the visuals, you know. All right. <laughs> that's, enough, that's enough about Lion King. Let's um, 185 million dollars this weekend. It's, it's making so much money, <laughs> which I could I completely predicted. I was like, this is gonna make all the money, and sure enough, it's like, oh my god, Disney's having a hell of a week <laughs> year. Yeah, uh, they, yeah. They, gotta, they gotta pay for you know dodgeball, Fox. They gotta pay for all that. So specifically dodgeball. dodgeball. <laughs> Are they remaking money. dodgeball? No, I would just because the, they bought Fox, so they got to pay oh. for Fox as well. So and they, I was just like, that was the first Fox movie that came to mind, Dodgeball. So. <laughs> uh, that's weird. Um, that's the first movie. I, I uh, recently watched Dodgeball. That's why. Um, off, not not off subject, but I was trying to think like what else Disney has coming out aside from Star Wars and Maleficent. Um, oh, and Frozen. I forgot about Frozen too. Frozen. They moved Artemis Fowl right to next year. Yeah, they okay. they put um nothing in its place but they moved up maleficent yeah that was the thing. Okay. all right yeah because it's gonna bomb and they know it so it's like i guess we gotta get this out of here you know what i'm more interested in that one because they feel like finally that she's she's evil again because in the last one they made her sympathetic so you mean you're talking about maleficent yeah yeah and michelle yeah, yeah maleficent that'll you know that'll do what it does because angelina jolie never starts the movies anymore so that'll be an event into itself but yeah artemis fowl it's like it's michelle pfeiffer yeah, you got those things, and there's more of that, so whatever. There's more of that. <laughs> Art, Artemis, I didn't like him a episode, so I just, I mean, sure. 
it this movie it looks visually better than the first Maleficent, yeah. like a, a puddle of mud, like the first movie did. So I'm like, okay, they got that going for it. But yeah. we'll first one was definitely like, I'm on a soundstage. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Artemis Fowl. It's like that movie just looks like that's going to lower Disney's stock by like 0.1% because it's going to bomb so quickly. So I just assume that's why they got it out of there. <laughs> like yeah. we, we, we need our year to be completely successful. We don't need a, we don't need to have one random bomb in our hands because it's of a bummer too, because <laughs> I liked that book when I was a kid. I really I'm did. Sure it's a fine book. Like all these books that get adapted. I'm sure it's because they're good books, but it's like, yeah, but it's just not the right time for it. Who's seeing a YA Artemis Fowl movie this summer when you get all these other stuff around you? <laughs> I wonder if with Disney Plus coming out, if they're going to somehow ramp amp up interest in it somehow by putting things on Disney Plus so that when it finally comes out, people will understand and know what, more about what it is. I'm sure that's part of their strategy. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys I don't know about Quibi? Who? So there's this new streaming app that's coming out called Quibi. It's uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg is doing it. And it's basically, you know, he's hoping that it's going to rival Disney and Netflix and all the big ones. And it's going to be in 10 minute episode format. And you watch it exclusively on mobile devices. And if you're watching it upright, it shows you, I don't know, maybe like a close up. But if you rotate your phone horizontally, it pops out to like a different shot. So they're going to be shooting it with two cameras or like super high resolution cameras. It's going to be really interesting because Katzenberg knows a bunch of people and he's getting like Spielberg to make a show. Is this that Spielberg thing, right? Yeah, there's all kinds of people signing on. Because isn't one of them like Spielberg's things like a horror series where you can only watch it at night? Yeah. That's probably what it is. And it'll be 10 minutes at a time every day Mm -hmm. for like 10 days or or something like that. And then it'll be over. That's the one I heard about where it's like it'll unlock so you can watch it only at night, which is like that's, well, that's one fun. Specific, that's, yeah, a specific that's a fun time. gimmick. I like I can yeah. I can deal with that. You know what? Um, <laughs> I'm too old for that. Like this is too, <laughs> that's too much like too much energy I have to worry about. That seems like a horrible idea to me. But Kevin, it's Spielberg. But it's, it's I, Spielberg. Well, okay. I will watch that. Or I'll wait till somebody <laughs> downloads all the episodes together. But ten minute segments, it's people are gonna be watching it at like on the train, they're not going to be paying attention. They're going to forget it as soon as they watch it. It's not an event anymore. It's just bullshit. It's like watching a YouTube video. We well, already we'll have see. YouTube. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, maybe it can disrupt. The idea is they're trying to appeal to people that are younger than you. True. I don't know. I don't like it. Well, this has been Quibby Quibbles featuring Aaron Fink. Let's move on to our next segment. <laughs> GM. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on to uh, what time? It's time for it's time for games. <laughs> no, that was nice. Okay, Mister Rogers. <laughs> the old uh, that was the improv theme for games, of course. And I have a ga- I have a quick game for you guys here because we got still some stuff to do before we wrap up. Uh, it is called Fun Uncle, Evil Uncle, and I'm going to describe various cinematic uncles, and you have to tell me what character oh, I'm referring to. Okay. Oh God. If- if you think you know the answer, buzz in with your name. Here we go. Wants to be king. Great singer. Hangs out with a bunch of chuckleheads. That's uh, my uh, scar. Oh, sorry. Aaron, go ahead. No, I'll give it to him. Give no, it to I'll, him. Give, I'll give it to Kevin. Just remember to yell yeah. your name. Sorry, all right. Yeah. It's fine. But you get how the game works. So here we yep, go. I got it. Here's the next one. <laughs> that was supposed to be the gimme. So. <laughs> okay. Here's the next one. Kind-hearted man. Married a long time. Knows a great deal about responsibility. Mm. A great deal about responsibility. 
I don't know. Some would say power comes with responsibility. Oh, uh, Aaron. Aaron? Is it in Jeopardy format? No, <laughs> just regular. say the name. Okay, Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. From uh, Spider-Man. 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 Oh, okay. Here's the next one. Mm-hmm. Likes long walks around town, mostly at night. Handy with a knife. Problems with family. Hmm. Long, silent walks around town, mostly at night. Kevin? Kevin? No, I think... I'm really reaching here. I don't think this is going to work. I was going to say... No, forget it. (laughs) I was literally going to say Michael Myers. It is Michael Myers. You're right. (laughs) Okay. Because then I'm like, wait, I'm doubting myself. Okay. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) He's someone's uncle? He's a sister, but like in the new Halloween, he's an uncle. You know, it's there. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't know much about it, so I'm, you know. I was thinking of the original, and I was like, but wait, that's a sister. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, good. Got it. Yay. You, you got it, so it worked. <laughs> that's where I'm at. Here's the next one. Wants his nephew to stay safe. He's a farmer. Needs new droids. Kevin. Oh, uh, Aaron. Kevin. Uncle, uh, Uncle Owen. Uncle Owen is the correct answer. Here's the next one. Distinctive facial hair and chin, quite greedy, has plans for his orphaned niece and nephew. Aaron? Oh, Aaron? shit. Actually, yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, shit. Kevin, go ahead. Well, I don't know his name either. It's the the uh, <laughs> the unfortunate uh, Lemony Snicket thing, right? I will say it's a... You are on the... Oh, you, you have wait. The I got it. I got it. Uh-huh. I got it. There. Yeah? Count Olaf. Count Olaf That's is it. the correct answer. Yep. There you go. Good. Two more. Gotta get back on the board. It's three to two, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> two more. Good-natured, completely hairless, creepy and kooky. Oh, Kevin. Oh. Kevin? Uncle. Oh, crap. From <laughs> oh, yeah. family. Uncle. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Fester. Uncle oh. Fester is the correct answer. You got it. Okay. Here we oh, go. Kevin wins. Well, <laughs> we, got, we got one more. We can do that fun. Unemployed. Smoke cigars, bets on horse races. Kevin. Kevin? Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck is the correct answer. <laughs> I was waiting for that one the whole time. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Kevin, you, you managed to run away with this game here. You are a winner of Fun Uncle, Evil Uncle. Because I'm good the job. Fun Uncle, just so you know. There you go. I had a, I had a bonus, I had a tiebreaker question just in case, and I'll ask it anyway because it's a quick one. What do you guys think the worldwide total for the original Lion King is? The original Lion King? Yes. Um, can you tell me if it's over a billion or not? It's, it's under a billion. Okay. I'm going to say 869. 756. It's 968 million. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, it did. I mean, they had a re-release, which was, the, I believe, like the most successful re-release that mm. any movies had. <laughs> but, um, yeah. It made a chunk of money. But even back in 94, it was... It, it was by by a mile the biggest animated movie of all time, um, and now we have a remake that's going to make more than that. <laughs> so, hmm. We'll see. But, we'll see. But, but let's do the inflation kick though. Of oh sure, it'll be. Money. So I'm well, yeah, curious I mean, to see based on admissions if it. Yeah, I mean, we're going by inflation. Yeah, that's why Avatar is still the biggest movie of all time. Or not Gone, anymore. Gone with, or Gone with the Wind. I'm saying if we go by inflation rules, that's why Avatar is still the up wind. there. What? And no, Gone with no, the Wind it, eclipses well, yeah, all of them. Yeah. Well, but now uh, Endgame is better than Avatar, isn't that? That was one of the I'm, great things that happened to Disney. Only worldwide, yeah. though, not, not um, domestic. 
for all the people that care about the bragging rights between the studio that owns all of these things (laughs) force awakens versus (laughs) the same studio owns every one of these things it does not matter at all they're like it's terrible yeah all right let's uh let's move on now let's get to some out now feedback 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 where we go over the various questions and answers on our facebook page facebook.com slash out now podcast um we asked a number of questions to the listeners they gave us answers then they gave us some questions that we can answer and uh, kevin and aaron feel free to uh uh blend in your answers as we get them okay here we go with the first let me get this thing out here okay favorite films featuring all animal casts justin writes would have to be lion king the original haven't seen the new one yet Evelyn has I like all animal cast movies. Thanks. Uh, Christopher writes Disney's Robin Hood and Kung Fu Panda. Yancey has Is There an Actual Animal in that movie? My favorite movie from all animal cast is American Graffiti. Uh, Luis writes The Land Before Time. David has Entourage. Favorite films <laughs> of an all animal cast. Good lord. <laughs> um, oh dear, oh dear. Are we supposed to add some to this? If you have any answers, you can, or I can just move on. Fantastic I mean, Fox is my answer. That's what I go with. Sure. Isle of Dogs was disappointing. Which one? Isle, Isle of Dogs. Dogs. Oh, Isle but of Dogs. But not all. That was not all. Uh... I thought you said all dogs go to heaven. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, that's a I good mean, one. This, this... Chicken Run? No, that has a, that has humans. Well, I guess Fantastic Mr. Fox has humans. I, I mean... <laughs> With a gym, mostly animal cast. Mostly animal cast. I mean, the primary. I mean, the primary thing was talking animal movies. Is basically what I'm saying. Got it. <laughs> sure. So if you want to say Babe, you can say Babe. I was gonna say Babe. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There we go. That's a good one. Let's move on. Next question. Most impressive CG animal creation in film. Justin writes. Ralph breaks the internet. Tyler has Paddington. Chris has Jungle Book was very impressive. Or Anaconda. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. I guess uh, I don't know. I guess maybe The Lion King is probably one of the more impressive things that I've seen in terms of fake animals. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like a time like at this point I expected it to be good and it is very good. Like not to take away I mean as much as I might not have liked the movie, I can't I'm not gonna take away from the fact that yes, they look photo real, like good on them. I'm trying to think of a time where I was like, man, this is cool. I, I can think of visual effects that I've thought that I'm trying to think of specifically of an animal where I was like, this is yeah. Really like I guess play, like when Planet of the Apes, those Planet of the Apes movies were coming out. I'm like, oh these yeah, are, these look great. Like the second one, um, the second one's oh, yeah, the second yeah. One really felt Dawn? like a tick. Yeah, Dawn of the Planet of the that Apes. That was so good. Yeah, yeah, the opening and closing shot. Yeah, because oh it's god. like a giant close up on their eye, and it's like, oh my god, yeah, it that was pretty terrific. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Because, like, you felt it, too. It's like, yeah, this feels like a new thing that we're seeing. Like, something very... Like, we've seen mocap, but this feels just, like, Weta's delivering like, on this. I mean, I feel like probably some of the Jurassic Parks, but... Sure. You know, I don't... Yeah, that, too, I guess. Yeah, they're animals. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I could pinpoint one that I thought was more impressive than the other. Mm-hmm. So, but those are impressive. Sure. Question here. Favorite films about evil relatives? Kevin has Halloween. Well, most of them. John writes Mommy Dearest. Irene <laughs> has Cinderella. Jeff has Star Wars. Chris has Brain Dead. Uh, or um, Dead Alive, as America knows it mostly. And Justin has Get Out. Films about evil relatives. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. There's so many. Friday the 13th. <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> I think any horror movie with a slasher in it is probably somebody's relative. Hmm. I got nothing. I'm drawing a blank. We can keep going. Next one. Favorite film is about being a king or a ruler. Justin Wright's Coming to America. Um, or The Last Emperor. Also, The First Knight. Scott has The Man Who Would Be King. Jeffrey has Coming to America. John has American Beauty. He specifically put a link to the scene where Kevin Spacey's like, I rule. Uh, <laughs> Chris And Chris has The Last King of Scotland. Titanic. He was the king of the world. <laughs> <laughs> can't get bigger than that hey, wait I'll, I'll just say it Jupiter Ascending oh my <laughs> yeah, God. shush that movie was good I don't care what anybody says yeah I mean the reluctant heroes I can't I don't know why I can't think of any of those movies but there's some good ones we are lame I mean, space balls. I, I mean, he he actually is a prince at the end of it. <laughs> That's true. Next question. Favorite group of outcast friends in film? Jeff has the Goonies. Todd has Lambda, Lambda, Lambda from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> and Justin, Justin has the Outsiders or the Breakfast Club. Mm. Nice. I like the Losers from It. There you go. The Losers Club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The two guys from Weird Science. Yeah, Anthony Michael Hall uh, and the things, other guy that kids. became a professor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we're going to, I know it's TV, but Stranger Things, the 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 party. Heard of it. They're, heard of it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a show. Did you talk about season three? On, yeah, on we have. Yeah. I think I, it might, it. By de- I, like, I think by default, I might think it's my favorite season. I think it's a very consistent series, so I'm not really. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, God, that endings, that last episode was so good. Yeah, it it is. It ends very strong. My yeah, only you see it? yeah, and I liked it. My only complaint is every time I feel like the moment of uh, Eleven thrusting her hand out and doing something kept on happening. So it sure. kind of lost, it happen a lot. It lost that fluster towards the end. I'm like, of course you're going to throw your hand out and you're going to save the world, but you've done it the entire series at least once an episode. So I wasn't impressed with that part, but I liked it. I'll... I thought they helped get around that a bit in this final season for reasons, but I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But, like it's the same as like Will has goosebumps on his neck. Like <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah. There's like it. It's really good. And what's interesting about it, not to get too far into it, but I think that like a lot of the things that I that bothered me are kind of like Spielbergian or '80s tropes. Um, so on the one hand, I can't be that mad because I know that that's what they're referencing. But on the other, like my, my biggest gripe is that the adults take so long to figure things out in every season of that show. And I'm so far ahead of them the entire time. And it's not like a big deal because that's what Spielberg movies do. But, you know, you'd think maybe they'd be a little different. That's fair. And I mean, I mean, yeah, we don't need to get, I've said all of everything a couple weeks ago. on this <laughs> But yes, I, I just, I, I think it's a very strong season. I think the show's pretty consistent. So I'm, yeah, I enjoy it's not it. My, it's not like my favorite show, but I'm like, yeah, give me more of this. Sure. It's good. Yeah. Like, all right. Let's get to our question. No, wait, no, we have one last question. What did you think of the Lion King? Dennis writes, it's visuals were its best and worst feature. Great CGI, but the characters were practically expressionless. Understandable since they went for realism, but a lot of what made the original great was the drama and comedy that gave, that those expressions gave. And Melissa follows that up with saying, not good. So, <laughs> there's a couple listener responses. That. that first guy hit it on the head, though. Like, that's yeah. exactly what we said. Yeah. Uh, let's get to some questions here real quick. Dennis writes, 
Is it too late to make the Cats trailer fake and the Dundee trailer real? Yes, sadly. Sadly. Another Dennis, we have two different Dennis's. Another Dennis asks, is it time to put these remakes to rest or at least truly reimagine them and not just make uninspired facsimiles? Yes. First, thank you for facsimile. That's a fun word. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, yes, I mean, we talked about this with the Mulan trailer, but as far as I don't mind the idea of doing the story again, Aladdin's like a thousand year old story. You can keep doing that story. It's like, it's not new already. Um, but doing it shot for shot, like we've just talked about with the Lion King, I do think it shows a lack of ambition, which if we're going to use the latest and greatest technology to make these things come to life, I'd like to see that applied on a, you know, a, a different kind of level, not just a remember, like a member berries type of situation. here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I forgot. I, I, mem- I just remembered the member berries. <laughs> remember Lion King? <laughs> I remember. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry. South Park is stupid and so relevant all at the same time. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you guys are in much disagreement with me, right? No. No. Negative. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, let's move. That was out now. Feedback. Let's move on. Let's start wrapping things up here. These. Let's move on to Out Now Presents Out Now. These are movies that are coming out on 4K, Blu-ray, DVD, and streaming and all that stuff this week. Feel free to give a yay or nay to these as I go through them, but we got quite a few. First up is Alita Battle yay! Angel. Yay! 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 Yeah, I, I was yay. a fan. I, uh, I, I reviewed the Blu-ray up on Why So Blue. You can find that now. I, it, it's got features. <laughs> but it, features? Yeah. I would watch another one. Any extra scenes? There's no deleted. Yeah, there's no deleted scenes or anything okay. like that. No. But I, I agree, Aaron. I would watch another one just because it's set up so yeah. much. Where it's like, this is. I'd like to see this keep going. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I hope that's written into his like into Cameron's Avatar contract. It's like I get to keep making. I don't think it made enough money. It made four hundred million, so it didn't do terrible. But it's like, yeah, it's how much did it cost to make? Do you know? Uh, probably like one. I think it's like one seventy, something like that. Like, yeah, it costs. Yeah, so then add another one seventy on for marketing. Uh, yeah, it still made a hundred million dollars. What what I'm saying, I'm I'm sure James Cameron's gotten his contract. Like, I'm gonna keep making Avatar movies. Let me keep making these Alita movies on the side here. Like, you know, pass it off to my pal. Rodriguez. <laughs> I hope uh, so. Next up, Hellboy was terrible. Is my didn't even one. bother because I heard I it was terrible. Bother. Yeah, I didn't bother either. It's it's it's, it's awful. Um, Missing Link. This is the Leica film, which I was a big fan of. I didn't see that. Didn't either. see it. Want to though? You did it? No. The ads. No, I want to see the it. The ads say that Aaron Newworth found it hilarious. I mean, what, what's there <laughs> I to saw that you, I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> I'll watch it, but I haven't seen it yet. Um, let's see. Master Z, The Ip Man Legacy. Another Ip Man movie. Ooh, I did not see that, but I will watch it. Was it this good? One, I, I, have, I haven't seen Ip Man since Ip Man 2, but I know the third one had Mike mm. Tyson in it, and I think this is like the it fourth. It did. Yeah, so. I was weirdly at the Grove at a screening, and mm-hmm. that was that screening was the same night, and I saw Mike Tyson. Oh. <laughs> I was like, why is Mike Tyson here? And then I realized it was that. People were passing by the theaters like, you gonna go see my movie? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. That's an impression I'll never do again. Um, next up, we have Critters Attack. There was a new Critters movie that came out that's on Blu-ray this week. So there you is go. it different than the show? I think that is the show, actually. I think. Oh, it is the show. Yeah. You know what? I kind of want to watch it just because I think Critters is funny. <laughs> okay. And stupid. I'll watch it. Which one? Was DiCaprio in one of those? 
the second one, I believe, like or the first that, one. Either that or the, yeah, I think it might be the third one. I'm trying to think. You know what? You're right. I think it might be the third one. I've only seen the first two. That, it's how I how I keep these early roles in mind. I think DiCaprio's in Critters and George Clooney's in Return of the Rotten Killer Tomatoes. That's, that's <laughs> those are the ways I keep things keep things in track. Um, specialty stuff on Criterion this week. We have 1984 and Do the Right Thing. Spike Lee's nice. Sorry, Spike Lee's masterpiece. Honestly, I really I love Do the Right Thing. It's one of my favorite films. I'm very excited to pick Saw that up. Saw that uh, it's playing at the Alamo Draft House in downtown LA, which is now finally open. Oh, it cool. is nice. Yeah. Uh, from Arrow this week, we have new editions of 16 Candles and Weird Science. Really? Uh-huh. I did not know this. Yeah, you got some d- d- deluxe editions for both of those films. Along with The Loveless, Catherine Bigelow's first film, a motorcycle gang movie with Willem Dafoe. I remember that. I remember the video <laughs> box at the video store. It's like Willem <laughs> Dafoe looking at the screen like, yeah. I'm Willem Dafoe. With his leather jacket on. <laughs> yeah. His hair, the hair <laughs> curl. Yep. <laughs> um, let's see. Pacific Heights debuts on Blu-ray this week. Oh, I like that movie. That was a good one. <laughs> well, Michael Keaton and... Melanie Griffith. Melanie Griffith. Troop Beverly Hills 30th Anniversary Edition out this oh, week. Crap. Oh, my God. 30th Anniversary. Yeah. And on Kino, Death Takes a Holiday. A film that, that's been remade a bunch of times. Uh, but, yeah. Um, I think, what, what's, it, what's the Brad Pitt one in Anthony Hopkins? Um, uh, Mr. Something. <laughs> 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 the incredible Mr. Limpet. Meet, um, meet Joe Black. Meet Joe, meet Joe Black. Black. There we go. <laughs> that threw me off completely. I'm like, it's not Mr. So it's Mr. Yeah, meet Joe. Black. Mr. Black. Meet yeah. Mr. Black. Yeah. And uh, the Doors. Oliver Stone's The Doors is out this oh. week on a 4K and Blu-ray. It's got a, and oh, it's like boy. I think it's a new cut of the film too. I think it's like his final cut. Of the film. Really? Yeah. I watch that. Yeah. Val Kilmer. And let's see, new to streaming this week. On Netflix, we have Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, new 2019, freshly brewed. I've watched a couple of these already, one with uh, Eddie Murphy, another with uh, a couple of Ricky Gervais. Um, I like I like Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. It's just fun. Like, regardless of what you think of some of the people involved in them, I just like them getting together in a car and talking for a while. It, it tends to be fun. So, new with that show. Um, let's see. And Inglorious yeah. Bastards. That's so good. On, yeah, yeah. Inglorious Bastards is on Netflix this week, too, just in time for a new oh. Tarantino film. On pr- on Prime, we have Trading Paint, another direct-to-video John Travolta movie. <laughs> God, oh boy, he, he, he's a race car driver in that one. Woo! Trading a, Paint. Yeah, not a paint trade salesman. Oh, that would have been more interesting. It would have been neat to be like, hey, you gotta buy my paint. Like, walks door to door. Hey, 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 you gonna paint? buy my paint? And then he kills people. You know, if he if he was like old John Travolta, but still wearing the the Saturday Night Fever suit, like strutting down the street with a paint can in his hand, which is Saturday Night Fever now that I think I about know. it. it is. <laughs> it's, it's just that all clicked in my head right away. Like he is carrying paint in that movie. <laughs> I kind of thought that's where we were all going with. <laughs> I didn't put that together. But if it is him doing that, as opposed to being a, a race car driver. Maybe that's why he signed on the script. He's like, oh, it's a documentary about my movie. And then it's like, oh, I'm just a race car driver. Oh, never mind. All right, I think we got enough mileage out of the trading paint thing. Let's move on to the next thing. Uh, Next week's show. Next week, we will be talking about Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that should be a lot of fun. Uh, But for now, the last thing we do here is what should people go and see now? And what do you plan to see next? Kevin, what should people see in theaters right now? See in theaters right now. What is out? Um, Open up your phone, your magic I, phone. I know, right? 
we do have the ability to look at this stuff. Um, I will say that if you have not seen Rocket Man, please go, because it didn't do as well as I had hoped, and it's so good. So if it's I'll still playing, that. I would like people to go see that. So I'm going to say Rocket Man. Uh, it's not doing terrible. Like it wasn't going to do Bohemian Rhapsody numbers, but for like an R-rated music biopic about Elton John, it's doing pretty good. Like, but I kind of <laughs> thought it was going to do better than Bohemian Rhapsody because of everybody loving Bohemian Rhapsody. They're like, I want another one. And now we have another one that's actually better than Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, yes, it's a better movie in all regards, but I mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, this, a summer movie like that coming out with all these other things, like, I get it. I get it. But I mean, yes, I recommend the movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. I like what do you see next? Oh, I am seeing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood tomorrow. Um, I may, in fact, go see the Muppet movie on Thursday because it is being Ooh. released for one night or two nights only. Wait, what? Yeah, Muppet movie on Thursday. Fan, uh, like the original Muppet movie? Yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, it's wow. the 40th anniversary. Yep. I see. I see. I see. Aaron, what should people see in theaters right now? Uh, I guess you should go see Toy Story 4 or Rocket Man. Um, those are the ones that I can firmly get behind. I mean, go see Midsommar if you're interested. That'll take you on a ride for sure. But uh, that's really all I've seen. I'm kind of... A little behind. I'm gonna go see the farewell. I want to see that too. And uh, I wanted to go see Wild Rose, but I think I missed it. So that was so good too. I did. Still out in some theaters, I believe. So oh yeah, I actually I just found one. Pacific Sherman Oaks Five. Yeah, I need to see Farewell and Yesterday. I still haven't seen either one of those. Uh, I'll be curious. I'll be curious if you like Yesterday. Okay. uh, Did you? I think it. I think it's overall fine. I just it. Uh, I wish it capitalized on its premise more. Um, oh. But at the at the same time, it still like works well enough. I just wish it, there's so much there there, and they don't do anything with that. Um, mm. But I know some I, people that some people that I respect really like it. So you know, what do I know? Sometimes. Can, can I plug a movie that's not currently? <laughs> I mean, it's on on demand right now. Sure. Okay. I know you've seen me post about it. And it's only a dollar ninety nine right now. Clara, I want everybody to see freaking Clara. It's so good. You're not saying anything. I haven't seen it. I don't know what to say. <laughs> you have to see this movie. It's so good. It's like a little indie movie about this professor who lost his kid and and is and he's now divorced and he's looking for a planet um, that can that can you know inhabit life or whatever. Um, and he brings on his assistant, this woman. And yeah, it's Things one happen. of the, it's one of those movies that like the last ten minutes I literally could not stop crying. It was so good. Okay, well that's uh, that's streaming on VOD. Yes, it is. All right, um, I will say yeah, Crawl is a lot of fun if you want just a fun horror creature feature. The Farewell is fantastic. I agree. Uh, go see that. And Last Black Man in San Francisco is still in a few theaters as well, so I'd say that. And yeah, uh, I'm seeing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I'm very excited because I'm a huge Tarantino fan. So that, yeah, there mm-hmm. you go. Um, I'll be seeing it next weekend. All right. With all so that I don't said, get that's... cool early screenings anymore. Oh, <laughs> we can't bring guests into this one either. That's... I know, yeah. They're, they're closing it off and hosing down mm. the theater outside to make sure no one sneaks in. Uh, <laughs> no riffraff. Get <laughs> out. Or street you rats. You know what? They've been playing it all weekend at the Arclight. They played tonight, last night in the Dome. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It sold out last night because I was like, wait a second, what? And I was about to get tickets. And it, it was sold out. out. It sold out a while ago, apparently, which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I hope the screenings are in the center of the dome. That'd be cool. Oh, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah. 
Anyway, our privileged things aside, uh, that's going to do it for this <laughs> week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work, my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I'm writing movie reviews over at Way Live Entertainment and my blue reviews at whysoblue.com. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Aaron Fink, where can people find more of you? Nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I don't publish anything, but I guess you could follow me on Instagram at instafink with an underscore at the end. Um, I don't really send lots of pictures out into the ether very often, but but I'll do more. Uh, yeah. Well, there we go. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Kevin Taft, where can people find you? Uh, I do movie reviews at edgemedianetwork.com. Um, Twitter is writerguyla. I don't tweet a lot honestly um yeah and then instagram sometimes i'll post some stuff in there movie related and that is uh syros s-y-r-o-s-9-3 very cool oh i know i know where people could find me if you if people your fans use letterboxd you could find me on there just aaron think there you go um yeah cool you can find all the other episodes about now there in a name on itunes Audioboom, spotify and stitcher you can find us you can email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at out slash Facebook talks, Facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, Twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast, and Instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And of course, send plenty of scary clown gifts to Abe at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. It Chapter 2 has a new trailer. Find all the scary clown gifts from them. Send them to that Tumblr page. Make sure to address them specifically to Abe so he can see all of them and smile or be terrified. Um, Aaron, Kevin, thank you both for joining me this, this afternoon to talk about The Lion King and a bunch <laughs> of trailers. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for, for sure. the time we shared together. Good. Always well, good to have you guys on. <laughs> I <laughs> until next week when we go to Hollywood once upon a time. That's gonna do it. So until next time, so long and goodbye. No more Mamela Nesi Elino Eagle Rentan La Pedula Mamela Three months to be called Todd Bridges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they they CG it a sidekick. It's Todd Bridges. <laughs> yep, different folks, man. It'll just be like a really serious scene. It'll cut to like a green screenshot of Todd Bridges. Like, oh yeah, what he said, and then it go back to Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> what you talking about? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> All right.
I'm glad we got those hot takes in there. <laughs> People were passing by the theaters like, you gonna go see my movie? <laughs> Stupid.